Woodstock 99 was a hot, violent, and borderline dystopian concert. It was a gross mutation of the 1969 festival. It was probably the worst experience of my life. In this episode, I'll do my best to recall my experience and detail the awfulness of what happened during these three days. This week on Death and Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. <gasps> what do you call this thing anyway? Death in entertainment. Hello, Dettos. Whoa, what happened? Wow. Holy oh my shit, God. is Anne oh, Hayes here? Oh, what is going on? I like to. Why does that happen? What was that? <laughs> what are these clips that you have? Are you going to surprise us with some crazy ass clips? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, we are still shaking the rust off here in studio. Uh, what's going on, everybody? My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And boy, do we have an episode for you today. Do we? Uh, I believe you no, have. We got a whopper. Yeah. Right? Much <laughs> anticipated. A Big Mac, even. Big Mac. Yes. I've been excited for this episode for a year now. Yeah, we've been talking about this being a pos- possible episode for, yeah, well over a year at this point. I am the one of this trio here that actually has the firsthand experience of being at Woodstock 99. I remember being very jealous of the people who were able to go. Well, you should not be, and I'll I'll detail exactly why within I... this document i have here yeah it's bad i, I was, feel like kyle would have had a good time i was kyle 13 been years old dead. yeah i probably would have died <laughs> not he, like if he was like of the age to go he would have died yeah. yeah for sure uh just from pure excitement of seeing fred durst in person alone that would have killed me oh my um, god i would have been wearing jingo jeans in the heat for too long <laughs> yeah so and spontaneously combust yeah, yeah. exactly you would have tried to take an atm home with you and it would have crushed you yeah. <laughs> can i get serious though for a second yes Uh-oh. have you ever woke up one morning and just decided it wasn't one of those days and you're gonna break some shit well this is one of them days y'all oh yeah my god. You feel me, Dettos? So yeah! let's get it. <laughs> 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 we got everyone pumped up here now. So now that we do, yeah, let's delve into the pop culture flash of what was going on around this time besides this horrendous concert that ruined my life. And this episode is taking us all the way back to the weekend of July 22nd, 1999. Oh, yeah. All right, we got the pop culture flash, July 22nd, 1999. Alejandro, what were the top six albums at that time, sir? Number six, Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. Ooh, yeah. I, I don't want it that way. The album, it was called I Want It That Way, too? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, these know. are singles. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, th- these are the top six singles. And they were a controversial band in the world of Woodstock 99. Yes, they were the enemy. So they are on the charts yes. while this monstrosity is going on. Well, that's the big back and forth with MTV. That's why they get a lot of hate during this. But we'll dive into that later. What's number five? <laughs> if you had my love, Jennifer Lopez, Mark's favorite. Yeah, um, 
I, I, not my favorite, but uh, in another episode, you said you loved Jennifer Lopez. I didn't say it was that bad. You guys were like railing on it. I was like, it's not actually that bad of a song. Number four, Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. One of the saddest songs ever created. Yeah. This Which, is a cover from like, I think it was like made in like the 50s or something. Yeah, they yeah. didn't write it. No. no. They perfected it. Perfected it. Sure. Oh, where, oh, where could my baby, baby be? The Lord took, took her. Okay, number three. <laughs> Genie in a bottle. Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. She came out of that bottle smoking. This is before she got dirty. Hey. <laughs> yes, it is. She was just a clean genie then. Yeah. In a bottle. Yeah. All right. Number two. Beals, Beals, Beals by Destiny's Child. Yep. Beyonce. Before they kicked those other girls. And two other girls. Yeah, yeah, whoever. Who cares? Beat it, losers. (laughs) We're not going to pay my bills. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be a billionaire. Yeah. Hello. You're out. Meanwhile, they can't pay their bills, bills, bills anymore. No, they're uh, they have uh, foreclosure, foreclosure, foreclosure. <laughs> they're begging for change <laughs> yeah. in the parking lot of Beyonce concerts. Bankruptcy, oh, bankruptcy, my. bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> the number one song at this time, the Wild Wild West. <laughs> this is, Will this, Smith, Willennium. This song yeah. is so embarrassingly bad. And this the movie, movie's embarrassingly bad. The song's pretty good. Yeah. The movie's is what you're thinking of. The guy, I guess John Peters, the guy who Bradley Cooper just played in um, Licorice Pizza, actually. Uh, mm. It was his idea to have the big spider in the movie Wild Wild West. Yeah, he would not let it go. He would not let it go. Yeah. He wanted the spider in, was it Batman? It was some other some movie. Some other movie. Yeah. yeah, he won the big spider and everything. I think the <laughs> the Superman movie that never happened, maybe. Oh, really? Is this guy just like a full, he was a producer? Is that what it is? He was a or guy that, should, he was, but he should not have been a producer. I don't really yeah. know what his, he was a hairdresser who turned into a movie <laughs> producer. It's true. He just watches movies. He's like, you know, it's good, but uh, could have used more robotic spider. And better hair. <laughs> <laughs> and that is quite a robotic spider in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they went all the way. But back to the song, I feel like a chump because I later heard like a this, chum, huh? the like a chum, huh? yeah, Stevie Wonder song. And I'm like, hey, that's the Wild Wild West. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was an idiot. Yeah. Oh, okay. You thought it was the same one. Like <laughs> Pearl Jam, Last <laughs> Kiss. I thought that Will Smith came up with that. Yeah. Him My, and Cisco. The, the manager of the pizza shop I worked at would blare this the, <laughs> as we were closing, and he was just getting completely hammered. Yeah. And uh, he's like, this is my favorite song. I'm like, he's like this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> but Imagine being Cisco at this time. You're like fresh off the thong song, and now you're in like a major Hollywood movie soundtrack, like the number one track from the soundtrack, and you think you're going to have a career forever. Yeah. And just around the corner. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed with the 90s. Yeah. yeah. In 2010, um, I did a comedy show in Oakland at this place called Yoshi's, and Cisco had played there the night before. And I was like, I'm either on the way up or he's on the way down. Yeah. Uh, well, two things probably could a little be true. Bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you two are about equal. Yeah. yeah. A closed down sushi restaurant. Yeah, yeah. This is like, this is making it, baby. On the outskirts of Oakland. Yeah. I think that Cisco would have been smart to team up with Ebert after Gene died. <laughs> why? Wait, why? Cisco and Ebert? <laughs> oh, God. All right, Kyle. I love it. the movie? Oh, I wanted the applause. On, moving on to movies. It deserved yeah. a little bit of both. <laughs> Kyle, what yeah. were the top movies? Number six, Alejandro's favorite movie, Star Wars, Episode One, The Phantom Menace. 
the Star Wars special editions were the ones I loved. That's right. Not this one. Yeah. Um, Misa not like that one. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh, little Jar Jar Binks <laughs> reference here. Drop right in. We're going full 1999 here. Yeah. Uh, number five, The Haunting. Boring. Is The Haunting? That's what Owen Wilson's like, oh, The Haunting's here. And I'm about to get my head knocked off. I'm going to commit suicide in 15 years. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. Jesus. What, that too, was quite a... <laughs> too harsh? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was wow. kind of harsh there, Mark. Mark you went for it. Wow. Because right, right. I didn't actually kill myself. I tried. He attempted, I said. I, yeah. I, oh, I didn't hear the word attempt. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear you qualify that. <laughs> I love how we're sliding into Lorne Michaels with it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, number four, this movie was actually brought up on one of our uh, newest videos on YouTube, Tarzan, which Phil Collins won the, uh, what was it, Oscar for. Oscar yeah, for. Yeah, for best song. You'll be in my heart. Yeah, he went fucking ham on that soundtrack. And Trey Parker and Matt Stone were on acid at the Oscars in competition with him yeah. for their South Park song. And then they announced the winner is Phil Collins. Yeah. yeah. And they said we were expecting to lose, but not to him. Yeah, <laughs> Amy Mann would have been cool. I like how people just unload on Phil Collins. I heard yeah. uh, Li uh, Liam Gallagher from from uh, Oasis unloaded <laughs> on him too in like the nineties. Like I didn't know what I did to that guy. That's <laughs> like, hilarious. Yeah, so. I'm a fan. Yeah, of Phil Collins. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah, he's good. Moving on. Yeah, number three, American Pie. Um, I remember vividly seeing this movie in the theaters. Me too. Yeah. And being like, this is what movies are about. I had the same experience. <laughs> this is film. I know what Kyle's talking about. We were like it was 13 years old. Yeah. yeah. And I went to the nine o'clock show. It was mm -hmm. a full house. It was laughter through the whole thing and just giddiness. Yeah. Some of the biggest reactions I've ever seen were in a movie theater where it was just completely packed. It was American Pie for a comedy and The Ring for a horror movie. It mm. was just like people screaming throughout yeah. the whole thing. Uh, number two, I didn't realize this did that well in the box office. Big Daddy. The number one movie in the box office in 1999, in July of 1999, we have already talked about this movie. The Wild Wild West. Yeah. Number it's hard to believe that was number one. Will Smith did it all. Like, he he did the record. He did the movie. This is before, like, he started slapping fucking Chris Rock in the face. But did he do it for the nookie? Ah. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> he made the popcorn in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, That yeah, was a yeah. bad joke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he turned down the Matrix to do Wild Wild West. That's true. Bad move. And I heard- Very bad move. He did move. say the Wachowski brothers' pitch was not good. It was brothers. like- Whoa, uh -oh. hey. Well, wow. sister, I'm not trying to dead name I'm anyone. I'm saying, geez. I thought we were going back in time. Hey. Okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Now Wachowski sisters. Canceled. Um, no, but I guess they did not give the best pitch, where they were just like explaining like- the bullet movements and stuff and like the 360 cameras, but they didn't really talk about the story at all in any of that stuff, but they just, I don't know. I think it may be intimidating to be around Will Smith. Well, he probably had the producer sitting behind him just whispering going, they don't got the spider. <laughs> yeah, John Peters. Yeah, yeah, he's in other pitches too yeah. with Will Smith. Great pitch. No spider. No spider, yeah. <laughs> the Wachowski sisters were probably like, why are you bringing like other studio heads into this yeah. uh, pitch? All right, kids. I think 
We have our tickets to Woodstock. To a nightmare. Yeah. Nine. Let's do it. 150 bucks and you're in, motherfuckers. Let's go! Okay, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off with my story, guys. Yes, because Mark was there in the flesh. Let me introduce you to my Woodstock. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I remember I was working at a pizza shop that I referenced before, where the owner was a weird guy. I'll get into that a little more here, but um, yeah, I was working at this uh, Greek pizza shop, and then I remember going to a friend's house after my shift one night, and they were like, everyone's all hanging out. They're like, hey, um, we're getting. Tickets to Woodstock 99 tonight. Are you in or are you out? I just had a bunch of like tips and cash from like delivering pizzas. Oh, hell yeah. And I was like, yeah, of course I'm going, motherfucker. Yeah. Let's, so let's do it. You don't um, even need to ask. No, no. It was just like, I was kind of buzzed and I was like, you know, I, I got to do this. You were going for the experience because did you actually listen to the bands that were no i only yeah. listened to the nookie actually i okay. think th- i think the nookie is the only thing i listened to like corn and any of these bands i was like i don't even know what corn is <laughs> they sound like they should be on Ozfest. this entire li- lineup i'm like i'm like this might be a little not for me but then yeah. i saw dave matthews who i was actually into at that oh time. hell yeah yeah there had to have been bands you were into because there were a lot cheryl crow a lot of yeah <laughs> Um, I don't know. It was like DMX, who I had just saw mm. on the Def Jam tour in uh, the Boston Garden, which I thought was Hell amazing. Yeah. He did an amazing live show. I can't picture you at any of these concerts. I know, right? <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but, Def Jam? What are you doing going to <laughs> Def Jam? Yeah. I never yeah. initiate the concert. If friends are going and they ask me to go, I'll go. Yeah. I don't, like, initiate going to Tom Petty. Like, I've been to a Tom Petty concert. I'm not going to buy 10 tickets, like, not knowing if anyone's coming or not. Yeah. So, like, friends do that. I yeah. don't I don't really uh, do that too much. But. He's too good to plan anything. Yeah. I feel like that's a very, like, it's the less aggressive way of saying, I didn't start the fight, but I finished the fight. Pretty much, yeah. Well, I did I don't not start the plans. I didn't finish the Woodstock '99 <laughs> uh, at all, and I'll go into that in a little bit here. But yeah, um, I didn't know what this weekend was going to be at all. I just thought it was going to be more of a laid back concert vibe camping, in the summer, drinking, camping, yeah, drinking, you know, having a good time with some buds, have fun in the summertime. Hell yeah. yeah, but and yeah, living's it, easy. It turned out to be the most uncomfortable, disgusting weird experience of my entire life <laughs> <laughs> i haven't heard that take before yeah i know no i know and i just felt uncomfortable the entire time for many reasons yeah the, the, and you have a penis yeah yes. oh thank you <laughs> exactly and i wasn't i could imagine what the women felt like there oh my god we had one buddy who actually brought his girlfriend there Oof. and i was just like and they you know, they did not spend a lot of time hanging out outside of our camp area, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Smart move. In 1999, so people picture today, you just hop online, you go on like StubHub or you go on Ticketmaster, you get the tickets. How did you guys get the tickets? Um, That's a good question. I think 
my friend was online at that time and he did oh, buy God. them online. Yeah. yeah. They were 150 if you bought them before the concert and I think 180 at the door if you're like nuts oh, wow. and you just decided to drive up there and just get, buy them at the door. And then a lot of people I think just snuck in and stuff. Yeah. Um not that many though compared to the previous Woodstock. No, yeah, the previous two. Um before I go into all that stuff, I want to give a little history on mm-hmm. the Woodstock, the various years that okay. they had done it. So um, we're going to return to Mark. We will absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll pepper Mark into this entire right. kind of detail of Woodstock 99. Beautiful. So 1969, uh, it was originally billed as the Woodstock Music Festival in Aquarian Experience. August 15th, my birthday. Really? That was the original one, yeah. Yes. You say everything. Because everything birthday. always happens on my birthday. It was called Three Days of Peace and Music. It's so funny how that got a little warped later on, yeah. but uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah. a bit. This wasn't the first like big rock festival that happened in the country. Like there had been other smaller ones that had been happening around there. I think Newport Folk Festival might have inspired just the rock fest in general. I don't know like the entire history of how rock festivals really started, but by the time Woodstock '99 happened, they were just like huge corporate productions at this point. They were sprouting up by the end of the 60s. You had Monterey Pop. You yeah. had a bunch of historic You had the events. disaster that uh, the Rolling Stones tried to put on where Alt- the Hell's yeah. Angels like, killed people. Yeah. <laughs> Some people said that was actually the they designated the end of the 60s. Yeah. When, when that happened. There's yeah, been a couple markers where, yeah. yeah. But they called it Woodstock because Woodstock is where all these hippies from New York kind of moved to. Like Bob Dylan moved there also. I think a couple of years before, that's where Bob Dylan had that horrible motorcycle accident where you didn't see him for like 10 years. And he didn't even perform at Woodstock because he was still in that weird like post-accident Bob Dylan headspace or something where he's like hiding from the world. And then I think he came out as a Christian yeah. later on when he when he, uh, he did Blood on the Tracks like uh, 10 years later or something. No, like four years later, I want to say. And am I right that they wanted to have it in Woodstock, actually. They did, yeah, but but they couldn't find a, a good location. You mean the '69 concert, right? Yeah, like it yeah. wasn't actually in Woodstock. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, they couldn't find like like a good big enough farm that had logistically allowed people to kind of get in and out of the highway. And even the Woodstock in '69 didn't really work out because there was like traffic way back, like a hundred miles or something, yeah. with people just stuck in their cars crossing state lines yeah like stuff like that people were just like that was the big problem they had to helicopter all the axon but this woodstock 69 it like they make it seem like a utopian experience where everything was perfect yeah that wasn't the case at all like that's the, the mythology yeah that's that the mythology been fed since the movie it was perfect and it was my generation that ruined it and we're bad yep. because we suck and then you know, they did everything perfectly yeah. but there was i'm a, glad you're taking responsibility for it yeah. <laughs> but during that, that concert, there was an instance in which they almost killed like 50,000 people. There was a bunch of wires that were in the ground, and they noticed that with all the rain and stuff, it was starting to wear all the ground out. So it was like there was exposed wire, and at some point, like a hippie could have oh like could have hit it the wrong way and fucking electrified the entire front of that concert. Yeah. So... They wanted to, the the sound people and electric people, they wanted to shut off the power and go like 20 minutes, move the wires around, and just, it would have taken a lot of time. It would yeah. have been a pain in the ass. Michael Lang, who is, this is a guy, 
I'll go into him right right now. Why not? He's a guy that basically conned three of his friends into doing this festival. Uh, he had the Willy Wonka. Of, he's the Willy Wonka of, of Woodstock. Concerts. Yeah, uh, he his friends were uh, John Roberts, Joel Roseman, and Artie Cornfield. Michael Lane being like the Pied Piper or the Willy Wonka, if you will. Yeah. Woodstock Willy Wonka. Yeah, he's like a youthful guy. <laughs> yeah, and never showed any signs of distress through every tumultuous yeah. event that happened. He'd ride this motorcycle around with a with like a vest on, no t-shirt underneath or anything, and just be like, hey man, we're all, it's all good here, man. And like, even though his call was to not turn off the power and to leave these people exposed to these wires and stuff. Really? He denies that <laughs> to the day he died this past January. He denied that because like three of the other promoters, like, you know, countless other people said that he put all these people in danger by not shutting off the power. Wow. And he said they did shut off the power, but he's a liar. So all this footage of people just like dancing on the fucking, <laughs> in the middle of the rain and stuff, it could have not been them actually dancing like that. And they're just eating volts of yeah. electricity. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could have just seen their skeletons as they're being like fucking shook to death. And actually the Grateful Dead, who are not in the famous documentary, they did get electrocuted. Oh, oh really? Stage. Obviously it wasn't fatal, but... There were yeah, there were a lot of things that happened at this Woodstock. They, they, they just not part of the lore, not part of the lore. But they ran all these festivals on luck, wow. and I think eventually luck like this runs out. And so, like, I think the first two Woodstock festivals, they just got very lucky. Yeah, that things didn't happen because they have a very lax way of doing things. That's not safe. Michael Lang, it's an understatement to call him chill. He was never worried about anything. He was like Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine. Yeah. Like me worry? I no matter what happened, he's like, oh, it's okay. It's all good. It'll work out. He had all these like persuasion skills, though. I he, I don't know. How, he, like, he knows how to sell and make people feel like you know he's correct and they should do what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Because two of these guys that he produced it with, they were like Harvard guys that came out of school with like millions of dollars. And they probably had like money from their family and stuff. Yeah. And they wanted to create a studio in Woodstock to like record all these acts and like really charge Bob Dylan probably like a million dollars to yeah. like do a long uh, recording uh, session. But Michael Lang was like, okay, we'll do this. We'll do a big festival in Woodstock. We'll call it Woodstock. It's going to be the biggest thing in the world. And then we'll use the proceeds from that to make this studio. And they're like, oh, okay, that sounds all right. He didn't want to make that studio at all. He didn't care about it. Wow. He just knew they were just going to put on this big fucking thing. And he just got his way and he talked them into it, basically. Yeah, he's probably on the spectrum of like sociopath yeah. type. Yeah, yeah, cult leader or something like yeah. that. I think so. <laughs> and you'll get into this later, but especially with the way he reacted to Woodstock 99. Well, yeah, he's definitely not riding the motorcycle around anywhere near the crowds of that because they would have fucking chewed him up and spat him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You would have been the first to throw yeah. a can at his head. Yeah. <laughs> he they would have threw him on stage when fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers were up there. Um, Another catastrophe I read about for the original Woodstock is that there was a group they called themselves the up against the wall motherfuckers. There was. Yeah, I, I do have that here. All yeah. right, let's hear. Well, what ha what happened was they started charging hot dogs at like 69 cents uh, per hot dog. Uh, was that like a joke? No. 69 the year? I don't. Yeah, that's a good or question. Or the position? I think that was that nice. was just. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of cooking with gasoline. 1960 um, nice. 1960 nice. Um <laughs> 
But yeah, these guys, they, they got pissed off by them charging a little bit more for a hot dog. If you could imagine them at the Woodstock 99, they oh, would have fucking thrown an atomic bomb on the fucking Where were they? Like cutting people's heads <laughs> off. Yeah. You needed them there. I mean, yeah. come on. The up against the wall motherfuckers. Yeah, but shit about the hot dogs. Yeah, no How about drinking water? Yeah, they started a big riot though. Like they vendors, burned like right? eight, eight of like the thirty six vendors or something. Like a substantial portion of vendors, they burned down these these wow. up against the wall motherfuckers. I didn't know that. That should be like a new group in the United States, up I against the wall, motherfuckers. I love that name. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. Jot they that stormed down. the Capitol on January sixth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll talk about that later too. Because... <laughs> oh boy, we're going all the way to January sixth. What don't we have in here? Getting into everything. Today. Hello. Um, but yeah, I think Michael Lang is a huge villain in this entire thing. He's a villain. I think he's officially. kind of a villain. Yes. Shit list. Shit. He's shit list. Scar. Yes. If we're the Lion King. Yes. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going there, but yes, I'm on board with what you just said. He is Hook, if um, we're talking Peter Pan. Yeah. Or Hook. Or movie. Freddy Krueger, if we're talking a different movie. Yeah. Well, he just, I think his, Villain. his big his big thing is he just uses everyone's money and uses everyone to get his own way. And I think that's kind of a, a shitty thing happened. But either way, the festival did happen. It, it became a landmark of history. And so you got to look at, you got to weigh those two things. Can Devil's you, Advocate, he put it on. It was his idea. He came up with the name, and it's a classic festival. I was going to say, can you really call him a con man if he was successful? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> what are you talking about? Hitler was a con man. He was successful. Trump is a con man. <laughs> yeah, Trump, exactly. So is Biden. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I feel like he put on a legal show, and he did it, and uh, made some money. He had, didn't spend a dime. He had done. Yeah, right. He had done one before. <laughs> Not his dime. Not no, yeah. never his. The dime. Harvard guys' dime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These these poor schmucks that fucking just shell. <laughs> Did they make money on it? They made nothing. They made but no they money. Didn't lose. They didn't Did they? lose. No. Okay. But he had done another festival like this in Miami called the Underground Festival, which drew around like twenty five thousand people. Had Jimi Hendrix, Frank Zappa, and oh. Johnny Lee Hooker. So, yeah, he, he had some experience in doing this, and I could tell this is, like, the only thing he really knew how to do. He, he didn't even graduate high school, I don't think. He, had like, started no. smoking weed at, like, 14 years old. It's kind of a fuck-up. I mean, he grew up in, like, the Bronx or something. And, yeah, you know, he was probably twisting cats' heads off and stuff. He, that sounds like wow. a piece of shit. <laughs> That's quite a leap you made there. That's what sociopaths do. Yeah. But they're all, like, they're either complete shut-in lunatics or they're, like, super attractive type people who who get people to do shit for them. Yeah. And with Woodstock, it's so huge. That's pretty much enough for him for the rest of his life. Yes. That's his thing that he yeah. you know organized Woodstock cuz when the movie came out in 1970, this is hard to imagine these days, but that documentary was in theaters. And it was a huge box office sensation. I think theaters. that's what he made the most of his money on. And Michael Lang is the most memorable person in the movie. Of course. Yeah. Artie Cornfield or any of those other guys. Nothing. They're like, you know, they, they're not even outside. They're no. like inside, you know, a fucking tent somewhere. So th right there, that's the mythology. And that's his legend. That movie yeah. cements it. Edited by Scorsese, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Great movie, actually. The Santana portion of it is... Um, I still watch that all the time because it's so good. It's the best concert yeah. movie. There's good shots of like the audience and stuff or just like, you know, slice of life, what's going on out there. And the performances are shot so well. 
Yeah, the famous split screen. The split screen, yeah. It was like it was like you could just drop acid and just watch it for like three hours and just have a good time. And how many actual live performances that are captured are as iconic as something like Joe Cocker singing with a little help from yeah, my friends? That's what John uh, Belushi did at making fun of it. I think you're forgetting about the Glee musical. Oh, the concert documentary ex- film. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> and Woodstock wasn't in 3D. Yeah, that's right. So take See? that. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say Limp Bizkit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, there was security there, but, like, there wasn't, like, a heavy security presence. At none of them. There's, there's never a heavy security presence. That's kind of their thing. Yeah. I think they just... They think the peace and love and like you know the peace sign is gonna is gonna make people mellow out and and like behave themselves. That's not how you run a fucking concert. Take care of your brothers and sisters. Yeah, but like there there was still some assaults. The you know the back against the wall motherfuckers. There was some sexual assaults at uh, at Woodstock '69. Also, yeah, they just weren't reported that much. You know, it was just not a lot of report. It was like more. I don't know. It was. Women just didn't do it that much, unfortunately. It's just a shitty thing that happened. But and how was the acid there? The acid, uh, yeah, I think it was Michael that actually had to get on the uh, microphone and say, "Don't do the brown acid. <laughs> it's not good, man." What? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh that that was like a, the film. That was a joke they ma- they made fun of in Wood uh, Wayne's World too. Oh, fuck. like don't do the red robe licorice, man. Like Holy that's what that uh, Garth that was saying. I, yeah, of course. You probably laughing your ass off too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, that's funny. That funny. <laughs> um, what does it mean? These guys are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was 35 cents for a hot dog. I was incorrect. At See, oh, I knew man. 69 sounded yeah. weird. Yeah. But 35 cents for a hot dog. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. At Costco, it's like a dollar fifty, and everyone goes nuts over that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, also, two people did die at Woodstock 69. Okay. Who? Uh, uh, one guy died of an OD. Another was killed in his sleeping bag when a tractor hit him after the concert. What? So he was still like living in the field. That's horrific. People had to witness that. No, well, the guy in the tractor did. There was no one else there. The concert was was long over. Oh, this is like Monday or Tuesday. So, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, Six I thought it was later. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was during <laughs> Jimi Hendrix or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like the screenwriter from Gone with the Wind. Remember the Oscars episode? He didn't get to accept his Oscar because he was run over by a tractor. Oh, my God. Really? You were there for that episode. (laughs) Was I, though, (laughs) mentally? All right. Who cares? Um, So 1994. Let's move on to this now. I didn't really want to get into this one (laughs) because it it was kind of like a non-factor. It was like pretty much a positive event. Green Day, Nine Inch Nails, Blind Melon. Green Day exploded with this one. That was their. That big... was their big thing, yeah. Because they went down and they got muddy and stuff, and like they were know. the memorable act. Yeah, they there. stormed off stage. No, you're thinking yeah. of the iHeart Radio Festival twenty years later, where he was drunk. Do they? You, you're saying they stormed up because people were throwing shit. They at were them? throwing mud and stuff at them, and they were like, "If you throw any fucking more mud up here, we're get, we're leaving." And then they. They got off stage and some guy jumped on stage and tried to tackle the bassist. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it is And it was considered... so rainy and people were falling around and shit trying to stop the guy from attacking the band. Am I right, though, that it is considered 
Oh yeah, it was great huge. performance yeah. and really launched their yeah. career. But overall, it seemed like besides that, <laughs> it seemed like a pretty uh, chill event. Well, it rained and there was mud. That was the big. Yeah, thing. yeah. Th- there was a lot of mud and actual mud and like the '69 one. You know, people kind of made hay out of it and like had a good time in the mud. But and there the, was a lot of hay around as well. Three, hey, pe- hey. three people did die at this uh, Woodstock though. Ninety-four. Ninety-four. Yeah. What? I, I only have the details on two of them. Green um, Day through rocks at them. Probably, yeah. They probably had an assassin take them out or something. <laughs> um, an unidentified 45-year-old person died on Saturday. Suspected diabetes complications Oof, was the reason. My there. God. And then on Sunday, 20-year-old Edward Chatfield died of a ruptured spleen. Probably from like just getting fucked up in the mosh pit and stuff. Wow. That's got to be some way to go. Oof. And uh, the third one? Uh, I have, I, like I said, I have no information oh, okay. on that one. So. Where was Woodstock '94? Because it wasn't at the original site, correct? Uh no, I think this one was in Rome. Also, I believe. no, I believe they were all at different places. Winston uh, Farm, west of Socrates, New York. Yeah, okay, Socrates. fifty miles away from the original site. Because that always blows my mind that they can't get it together and just why not go to the same spot they already went to. Yeah, I think there's so much politics involved. Well, politics and also they have to pay the local municipality. It's all about the deal they can get. So when so they, they got a good deal when there. they go when they went to Rome finally, they got a deal of a lifetime because they had this kind of empty former um, military base. But I'll get I'll get to that okay. a little bit before I wrap up uh, ninety four. Um, Bob Dylan did play. Ooh, yeah, what's talking anywhere, man? <laughs> Times are changing. Praise Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and here she comes. Um, here I come. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, check out this mud. <laughs> any, any impersonation? <laughs> yeah, he's really into the mud. Yeah, hey, the mud, man. <laughs> he's trying to upstage Green Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he uh, he did an all uh, rock oriented electric set, and uh, he's like, "Dude, looks like a lady." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's singing Aerosmith covers, yeah, just ripping off everybody else's music. They yeah. were there too, weren't they, Aerosmith? I think they were. I oh, didn't. I didn't even I care. Loved Woodstock '94. Really? Oh, are you kidding? Johnny Cash was asked to play, but he declined when he found out he wasn't going to be on the main stage. That I get. You gotta I don't put know. Johnny Cash on But the you're main gonna stage. say, oh yeah, we're gonna put Blues Traveler and Cypress Hill in front of you on the main stage and not you, Mr. Cash, you fucking legend? Exactly. I I wouldn't have played it either if I were Mr. Cash. Oh, okay. I thought That's you were, what I'm saying. I thought you were standing with the Woodstock ninety four promoters. Not at all. Oh, okay. I mean it's easy to say with hindsight, but yeah. come on, it's Johnny Cash. And he yeah. had just started doing those Rick Rubin albums at that time. Yes. He was starting the later yeah. part of his career, which was good. That uh, that that remake of um, wait, what did he do? Hurt came years Hurt, later, yeah, but yeah. that's the same series of albums he did. 90, the American recordings. Ninety four had an amazing lineup. What are this, some of the ones that stick out to you? Uh, Blues Traveler, uh, Violent Femmes, Collective Soul, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Metallica, Aerosmith, Henry Rollins, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Blind Melon, Cypress Hill. The Cranberries, Salt and Pepper, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Spin Doctors, Porno for Pyros. Uh, this is really 90s. Green Very Day. 90s. What do you think? The Neville Brothers. <laughs> Why is that? Santana, 
and Peter Gabriel. A lot of great bands in there. And the other gimmick, too, is that it was somewhat similar to the Woodstock, original Woodstock lineup. Yeah. yeah. Plus the new. I think that was the big difference I brought up here. Like, they peppered in a lot of, like, the people that originally had that kind of mindset of the 60s mentality of, like, be cool to your fellow man, man, and, like, you know, be chill and peace and all that shit. So they, they had enough of that. <laughs> and all that horse shit. They had all that going on. <laughs> and all that horse punky. Well, they also had Nine Inch Nails and Metallica, but they all yeah. they got drowned out by the more peaceful Cheryl acts. Crow was in this one, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was in the original, too. Yeah. She's the only one. <laughs> Crosby, Stills, Nash, of course. Yeah, they were, were there, too, yeah. A big hit at the original. Um, but yeah, they... Uh, they really or no? <laughs> no, they were. Oh, okay. <laughs> For Woodstock 94, um, they sold... 135,000 tickets, but 350,000 people were there. So that's <laughs> more than half. <laughs> Interesting math. <laughs> well, 135,000 people paid, but there was around 350K people there they, yeah. that, that they judged from. Like, cause, so like a lot, they broke down the they gates. They didn't have a gate. Yeah. <laughs> broke down the, no, they broke down the gates like early and like wow. a lot of people snuck in and shit, which was par for the course. That's yeah. what they did like. Yeah, on day two or something of the original. Oh, festival. the original that yeah. definitely happened. No one paid shit. Yeah, again, uh, Michael Lang and his crew made no money on this. They didn't again. No. Again, which that's his story though. Sets the stage for the next one where they do want to make money. Yeah. So this brings us to Woodstock, nineteen ninety nine, and they had decided in ninety four that they wanted to do it every five years. That. So that te- that kind of is five years later. That promoter, that yeah. John Sher guy. Yeah, he's a piece of work. Oh my god, he's on the shit list. I have a whole chunk. He on that and Michael Lang were talking. They're like, yeah, let's do this every five years and give every generation their Woodstock. Yeah. So that's why it was in '99. Exactly. Um, so this is my story. How I got up to Woodstock '99, and he's sticking to it. I'm sticking to this. I actually fr- remember that uh, that pizza shop manager that I talked about before. Greek guy. Greek guy. Um, he was a piece of shit, but no, uh, <laughs> piece of work, I'll say. Who wasn't a piece of shit <laughs> in Woodstock 99? <laughs> or in Massachusetts. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't find him. And that's the worst combo, someone from Massachusetts going to Woodstock 99. Yeah. I actually forgot to give my boss notice that I was uh, going to be going to Woodstock 99. So <laughs> See you later, loser. <laughs> so I uh, I couldn't exactly get out on that Thursday. So my friends were like, yeah, we want to drive up, you know, relatively early on Thursday. So we get, get up, you get know. Get a spot. Yeah. And yeah. also there's some like uh, some some smaller acts we're playing on Thursday night, too. And a lot of people just get in there, get in a good spot. They wanted to like get settled there. Yeah. String cheese incident. Yes, they did play. Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, some other uh Jay the Silent Sauce or or some Jay and Silent Bob? No, no. Um it's some other band. G Love and Special Sauce. G Love and yeah. Special Sauce. They did play that. I would have seen all those Thursday bands. Yeah. But <laughs> and I, then left. But I couldn't because <laughs> I did not have a ride. And oh. and my friends had already left, and I had to go to this stupid fucking job. That so, I so you're working at the pizza shop while your friends are driving up to Woodstock. I was like, in in retrospect, I'm like, why didn't I just quit the fucking job? Yeah, for real. And just say, too bad, buddy. It's delivering pizzas. Yeah, that's how every teen movie starts. 
they quit their job at the pizzeria to go on the road <laughs> yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but I, I'm the one that stays at the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a miserable day that must have been. It was awful. You know what I did instead? I had my mom drop me off at South Station in Boston. I took a fucking bus all the way up to Rome, New York. And from Boston. When though? But that night. Friday. Oh, on Thursday, Thursday night. On still. Thursday night. After wow. your shift. After my shift. So I left at like 10 p.m. So I get oh, up to like wow. Rome, New York at like 2, 3 a.m. or something and like what, that. What, that's like a five and a half hour drive? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking long as shit. And you found your friends? It took me fucking out. The sun was coming up. By the time I walked, like they gave me this this uh, map in a way to find them. But by the time I got there, like the entire site was all different. It was like a whole different place. <laughs> the map is just Michael Lang giving you the finger. <laughs> yeah, it might as well have been. And yeah, it, Boston to Rome, New York is 275.8 miles, four and a half hour drive. Did you sleep on the bus? That's no, with no traffic. No, I couldn't even. I, I can't sleep. I cannot sleep on buses and planes. So you're showing up to Woodstock 99 in yeah. the wee hours of the morning yes. on no sleep. Yes. That's Tired. how you start. That's how I started out. Weekend. Yeah. Did and you at least sneak any booze onto the bus? Uh, I probably could have, but I did it. Yeah. My friends, though, they, they brought in like tons and tons of Avion bottles full of vodka. Oh, you were probably just cursing their names, thinking about how much fun they were having without you while yes. you were sitting on the bus I, by I, yourself. I finally, I walk around the place like a hundred times yelling out their names. And then I finally, once the sun's coming up, it's fucking late as shit. Ugh. One of my friends goes, yo, Mark. And I was like, thank God. That's because fucking miserable. I thought I was going to be there the entire weekend without even finding them. Oh. How did there, you there find them? There was no them? cell phones. I was going to say, this is a time there's no cell phones. No fucking cell phones. Really? How did you find them? I, did they tell you where they were going to be or something? They, no, Yes, but I. by the time I got there, it's dark. And I can't see any of the signs that they're there or, or oh like landmarks God. that they're telling me. And by the time I get there, it's all changed. Everyone, it's all like filled out with everyone. So I, I just don't even know what the fuck. What? Like, <laughs> so how it was it hours that you were walking around? Hours. Oh. So I finally started what yelling. A miserable start to this. Yeah. Trip. I have one friend. And that was probably the best part of the week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. I was looking it's back. And like, hey, downhill. Those were, those were the days back yeah. then. Yeah. Didn't know how good I had it. <laughs> yeah. Walking around aimlessly. <laughs> There's a slow motion montage yeah. at the end of the weekend yeah. of his good memories, and it's just him walking around <laughs> Friday morning. Pissed. But I, I was think my new technique, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I have one friend who has a kind of unique name, which in retrospect is not really unique at all, is Trevor. <laughs> Bob! No, but... Trevor! But eventually, one of my friends was still awake, thank God, and, and, uh, and yelled at me in the middle of one of the fucking campsites, way in the middle. How far away do you think? Maybe like 50 feet into, wow. into the uh, campsite. Yeah. So I had to like travel all the way over there and oh, and uh, with all my shit. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God. But I was like relieved as fuck. What was all your shit? It was I. I just one of those like European backpacks. Yeah, yeah, it was a fanny pack. No, I. I just had like. <laughs> no, I mean like you know how you go backpacking through Europe. No, like, I didn't have anything like that. No, I just had like a like a side bag or something. I, what what just, am I gonna need? You just brought a hammer. I'm yeah. here to break stuff. <laughs> we'll put it together. What do you yeah, want? Yeah. I can do it all. So, I can build something or break something. You <laughs> yeah. pick. Um. So yeah, I. I was like, fuck, like. 
I'm here. I'm gonna. I drank a bunch of vodka that they had brought, and uh, I was just like, I was partying, but like not that long because I. Yeah. We all passed out eventually, like, pretty soon after I got there. That but, one exact moment where Trevor yells at you from 50 feet away, and you recognize that that is the people. Those are the people you need to be with. It never gets better than that moment. The rest of the way. That's that's the peak of the that is the, the peak. Week. Yeah, weekend, you're like, oh god, this is gonna be great. <laughs> Everything's downhill from here. More or less, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you're not wrong by saying that. Um, while I'm walking around there, I'm starting to notice though, like, there's some weird people at this fucking festival. <laughs> you know, yeah. like already, uh, there's one person that they, it looks like they tried to pitch their tent and then did they just jump backwards onto it because it wasn't working and they were just they were dead passed out on that on their tent on the tent <laughs> on top of it. Hey, I'm buddy, like, you're supposed to be in it. I'm like, oh boy, this is gonna be this is gonna be quite the time here. Uh, but you don't then, get the concept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started noticing like, oh yeah, but the bands that they selected for this festival are probably bringing around. A lot of the element that I'm seeing here, like yeah. I started noticing people that look like, um, what's the guy's name on Breaking Bad? Oh, Jesse Pinkman. No, the guy's uncle in that that you know that racist kind of neo-Nazi group. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like guys like that that were at this event, basically. Like Jesse Plemons. <laughs> Jesse Plemons is uncle, whatever that guy's yeah, name yeah. was. Yeah, well, and Jesse Plemons. And yeah. Jesse Plemons also. Yeah, even the quiet kind of kind of weird uh, elements of people like that. <laughs> um, I I was wondering though, like in retrospect, like the Venn diagram of like Woodstock '99 attendees to the January 6 attendees. <laughs> and it, I bet you a lot of them. Could have been there. It's the same circle. It's yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> One big circle. Yeah. Davy Crockett hat. Yeah. yeah. American flags. I don't know, but they just seem like bad dudes with like bad intentions. Yeah. I don't bad know. Dudes I don't... with bad attitudes. Yeah. There but... really wasn't any symbolism, though, at Woodstock 99. We got to remember young pop culture at this time, like even wrestling, WWF was geared towards people who were like teens and early adults, where this was like the. Uh, Degeneration X era. So everyone's running around saying, suck it, suck it, suck yeah, it. Yeah, a bunch like, of Goldberg fans yeah, at the festival. Eminem's huge. I feel like uh, it was just a good time to be rude. But I heard, though, <laughs> in, in one of these documentaries, one of these podcasts or documentaries I listened to, that there was one guy that was one the, on the organizing committee for Woodstock 99, a younger kid who was like 22. He put his hand up and was like, you can't put all these bands on this festival of 500,000 people attending, it's going to be a fucking disaster. They're going to lose their minds, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and his pleas were totally drowned out. Um, yeah, because they wanted to make money this time. Yeah. yeah. So they went with what is popular. The only strange part, though, is they really ignored R&B and pop. Yeah. That was no popular. Pepper, but except for James Brown, he's old school R&B. He was the first actor. Ah, uh, he's great. I still can't believe he was there. Almost not going on. Well, yeah. Well, I do. You, yeah. Do you want to detail that? Yeah. So he had only gotten paid half his money before the show started. And his manager at the time was calling the people who were running Woodstock and being like, hey, you got to pay him the money now. Like right now, or else he's not going up on stage. John Share, yeah, they were on the phone with, the, yeah, the promoter. And he was doing most of the the legwork of this fest because Michael Lang 
doing God knows what at this time. Yeah. He's like, but James is already here. He's backstage. And he's like, I promise you, James is not going on unless you pay him the money right now. He's waiting for you to pay the money now. But James Brown tried to make some power play where he tried to get more money out of him. For, yeah. For and what, though? I don't yeah. Know. Well, they didn't pay him in full yet. So now they're asking for more money. Oh, okay. And so they're going through this back and forth. And James Brown's waiting to go on stage. He's literally right behind Everyone's the Everyone's waiting. Yeah. They're and waiting to get this festival kicked off. Yeah. People are going crazy. And. I think the last thing he said he did was uh, he held the phone up to people cheering to James Brown just walking on stage because he just was like, fuck it, let's just do this show. Dun, 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 dun. Get out of Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have a clip of one of the early acts. I think now's a good time to bring it out. Let's do it. Where's your credentials? Right here. Andy Dick. Oh my God, he literally took his dick out. We just saw Andy's dick. Andy's dick. <laughs> What day was this on? Friday. This is one of the first things. Yeah. Oh, and he does a wonderful song here that you'll hear a little bit of. And he doesn't even know when to jump in. So, Mark, you didn't see Andy Dick? No, I didn't see this. Man, that chick was out of sight. I took her home and what did I find? Her dick was bigger than mine. I'll fuck anything that moves. I'll fuck anything that moves. Jesus. I'll fuck anything that moves. Anything that moves. I'll fuck. And oh, God. A girl just showed her boobs and there was a guy grabbing her. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Unfortunately, it's really shitty. But I, I'm surprised Andy wow. Dick didn't cause a riot. I don't know what time. how horrible it was. I don't know what time he started this, but I remember waking up on that Friday morning just feeling like absolute shit. Oh, I and I think it. if... if I, I did. I felt like in it, the heat was already starting to like really boil up. And I think if I saw that right there, I would have lost my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> Things would have been set on fire much earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To use a 90s reference, you would have gone postal. Yeah. Yeah, I would have. But yeah, I remember that, that Friday morning just like, Jesus Christ, what did I do? Why, why did I take that bus up here? Can I get it back? Um, <laughs> Can I get back to the pizzeria? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, things are bad when you want to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I was. I think I was just getting my bearings still during that day, and uh, I think I didn't make it to Cheryl Crow, who played on Friday. I definitely missed James Brown. I think the first thing I saw there was the end of DMX, actually, oh. and then the beginning of Offspring. DMX, that is notable because he did a sing along saying my. He did say a lot of slurs words. and a lot, a couple too many people in that audience. Felt uh, very it, comfortable saying it. Felt very comfortable saying and it. And someone pointed out in the HBO doc, uh, Wesley Morris, I believe, from the New York Times. Yeah. He says, this is DMX doing this sing-along with the N-word, and it's a crowd of all white frat guys, yeah, basically. It's, it's yeah. so inappropriate. So how often did that actually happen at the time where a rapper on that level was performing in a purely white environment? Well, when I saw him in Boston, um, I wasn't saying that because I was with some African-American people, but I wouldn't <laughs> be saying that anyway. Um, but like, <laughs> I don't... Let the record show. Like, let the record show, yeah? And I didn't light nothing on fire. No. <laughs> and, I, and I don't remember that Boston show being like anything like that. Woodstock 99 was its own thing. Yeah. Like, it was very white. And it was like a, like a thousand frats happening at the same time in front of that stage. Was DMX messing with us? By doing that? You think it was a bit? Well, it's crazy <laughs> that he did that. No, he was into it. He needed a reaction from the audience whenever he did any show. Yeah, but it's not Cheryl Crow, like, hey, sing to every day's a winding road. Well, yeah, if she was throwing the N-word out there, then that would be different. 
Wait, but. does she have a song with that in it? <laughs> that would just be out of left no, field. I mean, Every day is a winding N-word. You know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have them sing something else. That's what I'm like, saying. Why would she choose today to make the song that different? <laughs> and speaking of the boobs you saw during Andy Dick's performance just now, yeah. Cheryl Crow was dealing with a lot of that. They were saying, take off your top. Yeah, yeah. take your shirt off. Dump well, them out. Well, I did have that somewhere in here, which like it, we're still dealing with the Girls Gone Wild type of atmosphere of any public event yes any mtv thing you go to anything like that they even had like that was basically the theme of their pay-per-view of this show us your tits that's exactly what the pay-per-view camera operators were told go find the naked women it was basically dudes with like trucker hats like ashton kutcher and going out there and like you know trying to get girls to you know take their tops off and stuff and like i went i remember going to cancun like a year later same thing you know you just it was the same vibe going around there and i think it was already baked into the culture from you might know this remember whip them out wednesdays from waf from ob and anthony oh yeah yeah so that was like a thing like whip them out wednesdays like get girls to you know do whatever yeah it was normalized it that. was in the 90s especially the late 90s for sure howard was part of that also yeah howard exactly stern. howard stern absolutely yeah. yeah no one can deny that but yeah like all the limp biscuit stuff that stuff like girls were just like getting groped it was just you should see these guys they were just disgusting it's horrible yeah they're animals but i do remember this i was still out there offspring got off and so you saw offspring i did Let's talk about that one for a second. Yeah, well, they did call out a lot of the people getting stomped in the fucking mosh pit. Yeah. And a lot of the girls getting groped and stuff. And Dexter. Dexter said, said punch the guys in the balls and stuff. And yeah, and <laughs> that please treat the women respectfully just because their crowd surfing doesn't give you the right to molest them. Yeah, and they, they did also bring out I think it blow up sex doll, and then they did something against the Backstreet Boys. I remember they had Backstreet Boy dummies. Yeah, where they hit them with bats. Yes, wasn't that Limp Biscuit? That was Offspring. No, No. that was Offspring. Oh wow, a couple bands did something. So Offspring's kind of on a teeter totter of taste. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) they're like, hey, be good, and that guy's allegedly like a um, a brain surgeon or or like a genius. Dexter. Yeah, I Mm. thought he was like a scientist. Never heard that one. I think after we got out of him and the Fred band, Durst, right? Yeah, Fred Durst is a real fucking scientist. He put together that genius fanatic movie. Yeah. Speaking of disasters, <laughs> yeah, um, beautiful disaster. Anywho, um, I had no history or recollection of what Corn was as a band. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much what they are. Yeah, it's just like disturbing, like weird hard rock. So good. I was actually blown away by the concert. I was fairly close, I want to say, to the stage. So you're seeing Corn, and you don't give a shit about Corn. Don't give a shit. But you experience their phenomenal, their energy. Yeah, yeah, set. Yeah, you were it, probably shitting your pants. Uh, that yes. crowd is the most electric crowd I've ever seen at any concert ever for when corn goes up. And I do everybody's re- jumping. I at do the recall same time. being scared. I, that was the first time I'm like, I'm like, I already feel uncomfortable. Now I really feel uncomfortable, but I'm also kind of enjoying this. Yeah. And he was like a conductor. It was electrifying. It was it was a crazy experience and he had that place shook up in into a fucking whatever it, and, and it was you, the start of the frenzy yes the frenzy was starting and yeah. are you in it to win it are you 
I'm not moshing. Around. No, I'm not a mosher. I, I'm, I'm not down near any of that. The crowd seemed like it was so crazy that you couldn't get away from people who were jumping around and going nuts. No, th- there were some outskirts. Like you played the outskirts of Oakland. There, little, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were some outskirts of like the crowd. It looked like from the stage, it looked like very dense, but on yeah. the sides and stuff, you could actually get around a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. But I wanted to get closer, but not as close to like get my fucking nose broken. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we really mentioned yet what this site is. Yeah, that's a good point. This site is the worst site for a music festival in the world ever. Especially most, during the dog days of summer. Most uncomfortable. No one expected it to be over 100 degrees. Mm. It was over 100 degrees like every day of these three days. There's no shade, no trees. It was basically just used because it's good logistically to get like the merchandise in and out. Wow. And there was a, there was a hospital there. I will give them that. But it's an Air Force base. It's an Air Force base, yeah. All asphalt. It's all asphalt. The asphalt makes it like 10 degrees hotter. Yeah. But when you're next to other people, it's like 10 more degrees. So it could be, you could be feeling up to 120 degrees. And this goes back to Michael Lang and then promoter John Scher. When they got together again to do this and they wanted to make money, they went to Rome, New York, where the mayor was more than happy to offer the Air Force Base because it had just shut down recently. And so many people were out of a job. Yeah. So they uh, wanted a little pick me up to the economy. That's the other thing. The other side commentary I heard about this. In some of these documentaries, they get a little wild with editorializing. One of them was like, you know, this is the kids of uh, NAFTA, you know, angry that their parents lost their jobs and stuff. And they're going to act out their aggression, you know, at this <laughs> festival, which is a little far, maybe. But maybe it's correct. But this town definitely economically got destroyed in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And destroyed after that. So they're taking anything they can get. They got millions of dollars from this yeah. festival. They were very happy to host it. Yeah. And the other thing about it is because it's in the Air Force Base, not only did they have the infrastructure to run this whole thing, you're talking hospital and, you know, places for the staff to sleep and live. Yeah. But people couldn't sneak in. Yes, because that was their problem the first two. Yeah. Was they were losing out on ticket sales. And I'm this one, I think they, they just got so much more ticket sales because the, it was so much more difficult to actually get those fences down and get in. Yeah. And as people have noted, it's pretty much the opposite of the kind of environment that you think of for Woodstock. Yeah, there's like fucking, there was a nuclear fucking jet there like a, uh, a year before. <laughs> Ridiculous. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. So when you say there's no shade... Imagine a fucking Air Force base. Of course there's no shade. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. no trees. There's, there's nothing. There's no escape. When people wanted to get in, I don't know how my friends got all that vodka in, but for the most part, there's They tipped th- them. They tipped the- They, they probably did. The, the Peace the, Patrol. Yes, I was going to say, yeah. Well, we could get into the Peace Patrol. <laughs> Ironic These, these guys are fucking bums. <laughs> yeah. They're just a bunch of bums that they took off the streets in and around New York. Yeah. 200 of them got fired for being bullies. Like, Wow. A I'm lot surprised of the, they had any rules in place. A like lot that. of them would just- get t- fired. Imagine getting fired within the three-day span of <laughs> yeah. the actual event. That's insane. They no, just, but also at Woodstock 99. Yeah, like they thought you were. Yeah, you were awful the worst. Enough the worst. to yeah. fire you. <laughs> yeah. Well, most a lot of them actually took their shirts off and just went to the concert. And just said, yeah. "Hey, I got a free concert." And yeah. sold their shirts. And sold their shirts. Yep. Yeah. I was shocked at how much drugs and paraphernalia were in there. There were like tanks of nitrous just out in the open on the <laughs> middle of the strip, where like the landing strip was, where it's all concrete. 
There was wow. like nitrous tanks. People were selling mushrooms, ecstasy. Bozo ec- the clowns holding a giant tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want to be like me? <laughs> Ed hey, McMahon's guys. here. Hey, guys. <laughs> honk, honk. Um, but yeah, the, the security was a fucking joke. All they were doing was protecting the vendors. They were just protecting the money, the ATMs, all that shit. They didn't go out into the camp area. They didn't give a fuck about anything. They just kind of like, they did very little. And if you've seen these documentaries that came out, the Netflix, the HBO, I mean, these are bums that were the security. Bums. Yes. Fucking bums. They they were like, you no know. No offense. Yeah. They were like doing security at bar mitzvahs before this. You yeah. know, they or were. Or no security or no experience security. whatsoever. Yeah. No. Yeah, they were supposed to take a test or something to be able to pass it, and they literally showed up and just got handed a T-shirt. And yeah, it. no crowd control training, no nothing. No. It was just like minimal. Just like if you're, I think if you were above six one, they wanted you to be security. Yeah, it was a lot of people that you know wanted to get a free concert, and if they got paid for it too, great. And then they realized, oh, there's nobody really looking over my shoulder. Yeah, tip me a hundred bucks, and I'll let you get in with all the booze and whatever else you brought in. Yeah. yeah. But the people that were bribing to get stuff in, it was mostly drugs and booze, but yeah. not water, which became like a fucking scarcity later on in the mm-hmm. festival. Anyway, I, I want to talk about the end of um, Korn. Um, okay, back to Korn. There was almost a fight backstage with Insane Clown Posse in Korn, actually. <laughs> I guess they had walked up to the Korn guys, uh, Insane Clown Posse, and, and apologized for a song dissing them. Corn took it the wrong wow. way because they didn't even know what they were talking about, and there was like a fist fight ensued with <laughs> uh, Shaggy Two Dope and uh, and John Davis and crew. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so John Davis from Corn isn't even really aware that he's in a feud with IAP. no, no, no. That's so funny. <laughs> but anyway, Corn get leaves the stage. The place is fucking electrified. Yeah. And on comes Bush. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Gavin and, Rosdale admitted to being scared shitless. Yeah. After being like, dude, we're not going to be able to recreate what they just did. <laughs> yeah. This it is was insane. I think, yeah, that was the case. People are like, oh, they should have chilled out or mellowed down, you know, corn and all them. But like, these are guys that were playing shitty bars in Bakersfield like a year before. Yeah. They're used to like, have like not having an audience into it and having to get them into it. Yeah. So when they see 500,000 people, they, they just go fucking insane. That has to be their favorite performance of all time. Corn? Yeah. Without a doubt. And Jonathan Davis says that it was better than any drug you could ever imagine. It was legendary. I can't even believe it. It, it was amazing. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would be like. And then to be Bush in comes on. Of and, that many people. Yeah. I know. You never forget it. Yeah. I mean, I'm acting like I know. <laughs> and then Bush comes on and does glycerine. Yeah. <laughs> was Bush that big then oh, to be yeah, the, the headliner? The late 90s, of course. Oh, yeah. To be the big headliner. Well, Hey, maybe my theory is it could have been a last minute switch where John Sher was like, this is crazy. He's just realizing the mistakes he made, maybe. And he wanted to calm it down because Bush did calm it down. Yeah. I heard there was people like in the audience like having sex as uh, <laughs> <laughs> as Bush was playing. I'm like, this is not the rest of Woodstock here. Yeah. Like, this is not normal for this. But it did like really mellow it down. And people just started just leaving. And Gavin Rosdale said that's like one of his favorite accomplishments ever is being able to calm the crowd down after corn because he was kind so of... nervous. I'd rather get him whipped up. Yeah, it's not as exciting as corn's experience. Like I calmed them down. <laughs> yeah, he put it the way he phrased it, though, in the documentary was that he said, uh, I'm glad we were able to bring it back to, you know, uh, Woodstock's roots. 
Yeah, okay. So it's like <laughs> a little softer. No, but maybe John, <laughs> I'm sure John Sherman was going up to everyone just saying, hey, could you could you calm it down a little? Like, yeah. oh, okay, why? He was you... saying that the whole week. Yeah. scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Bush did a reference to the original Woodstock, one of many that were done that weekend that fell on deaf ears. Yeah. They did some reference to Country Joe and the Fish from the original, and nobody gave a no, crap. No one even knew what the <laughs> fuck they were talking about. Um, but yeah, I remember I was like, all right, I'm done for the night. I'm I'm tired. I'm thirsty. I'm heading back to our home base there. I remember find the first time I found water for ten dollars a bottle there. Ten. Oh my god. I thought it was four dollars. Yeah, no, but but then they started jacking up but prices. But once it got later in the night, they started jacking up prices once it got more scarce. They're right. like, Oh yeah, we're out of it. We got another shipment coming in, so that's why we're charging more. It was Ugh. insane, dude. And it was the same price of beer, right? I didn't get any beers there, actually. You didn't? No, because we had all that vodka. I didn't really. I, I was drinking Gatorade and vodka like the entire time. Beers were the same price, though, because there were people interviewed that said, I'd, if I'm going to pay this much for a drink, I'd rather get a buzz. Um, Which dehydrated them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was like a beer garden with a lot of people hanging out there. I didn't go there. I didn't really care. Not even one beer. No. Wow, that's insane. That yeah. is insane. Yeah, well, I'm also, I'm also uh, like 18, 19, so I, I, I was. All the more reason why it's insane. Yeah. I'm not like going to hang out there and like, you know, have a conversation with, uh, you know, the other people at the bar there and just like, hey, what's the going other uh, felons would be. Felons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking Jesse Plemons uncles. there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to go? You want to go break some stuff? <laughs> yeah. Y'all feeling like your back's up against the wall. You want to make some people feel uncomfortable somewhere around this festival? I'll get you against the wall. <laughs> yeah. Sonny boy. <laughs> then you hear. <laughs> <laughs> Nookie. Um, so this is Friday. That wraps up. So that's Friday. So Friday night. I Day one. The last thing I, I remember happening was we're back at the uh, thing. Some girl stumbles into our, our area and just says she needs some water. And I just said, this is vodka. And she chugs it and just keeps running. Oh, my God. <laughs> People were like fucked up, man. Like, yeah. You could have killed her giving her the vodka. I said, I told her it was vodka. Actually, she was one of the victims of uh, Woodstock 99. Nah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Can we read about it? I never saw. I was in the bathroom the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, I was in the bathroom most of the time. Uh, But not this bathroom. Yeah, you don't want to be in those bathrooms. Um, So, yeah, uh, that was it for the night. I remember Friday night I survived. I woke up Saturday morning, felt like shit again, of course. You didn't go to the 24-hour rave tent? My friend did. He was like, hey, you want to come to this rave? I'm like... No, thanks. And he just was on vodka at that point still. Yeah. You guys he, didn't have any ecstasy. He got he got some at that rave. I didn't go, but he went to the rave. And, uh, oh, I would have been at the rave tent. I didn't go. So you couldn't even bring water or beers to your campsite? No, not from outside. Wow. No, not at all. You're not allowed what to bring any What are you supposed to do? You're sleeping there overnight. Pay the, to buy the beer. Pay the vendors who have They're open no, all night? Yes. They have no price wow. controls at all. And never Shit. went to bed the festival. Wow. Yeah. And uh, the promoter, John Sher even said, it's not a poor man's festival. Yeah. So Saturday morning, I remember trying to find some way to get clean or <laughs> somewhere to go to the bathroom. Good yeah. luck. Uh, yeah. I'm there 24 hours and it's already fucking a mess. It looked like, you know, it was like three months later, but it was like 24 hours later. <laughs> Whatever company they hired to clean the toilets and showers, like they must have quit like immediately because nothing was ever done. 
It was like rocky gravel area covered with like crap and like there was like weird water spraying somewhere, like a mist. And you were supposed to like shower Oof. in that. It caused humidity too, didn't it? What's that? Any of the water sprays they had, because yeah. it would hit the bodies, and then the humidity would just rise Oof. and make it so much worse. Yeah. That's what somebody said. Either way, the the whole area was too gross for me, and I just I just turned around and went back, and I, ne- I didn't shower the entire time I was there. Wow. I poured, like, water over my head. <laughs> Are you surprised by that, really, Kyle? No, but it's just like... It, Did you see any pictures of the people that were there? Yeah. Some people got trench mouth, which is, like, that dates back to, like, the 1800s. Yeah. Where there's, like, bacteria shit in your water. So, like, the water was contaminated. Was, yeah, that's unconscionable, in my opinion, that they allowed that to happen. Yeah. Couldn't bring in your own water, and they fed you poisoned water. Yeah, it's it was sick. poisoned water. Some girls... They were tested and they had trench mouth, which is like fucking. Yeah, that's it's what just pe- sores all it's over like your mouth. And it's like consumption. It's like hoof and mouth <laughs> yeah, disease. Yeah. We haven't seen a case of this since the yeah. 1800s. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about some of the events that were going on or the decor? They did have things like a film festival tent. They did. I, ne- I never even looked into that. I walked around there. I checked it out. It, it was not shitty. Mu- it was not. Mu- it was dumb. Yeah, it looked it really stupid. poorly put together. That day, I remember I bought fake mushrooms specifically. Fake. Uh, yeah, I or I, just real mushrooms that I thought they were real. Some guy sold them to me. Some some, some big shiitakes. guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it didn't sound like there were any cool hangout spots. No, there was no. I hung out underneath like a, a tarp in our camp area just to stay cool like yeah i put like a towel over my head that was wet just to like just to feel some level of comfort it was awful the days were hell did you get sunburnt um no i brought enough sunblock i think i didn't i didn't uh, get sunburned too bad he looked like powder yeah <laughs> it was inescapable heat yeah. it was awful over 100 degrees Yes. Uh, plus the asphalt. Asphalt. Plus the assholes. Yeah. And the assholes, yeah. <laughs> um, so eventually I get up some energy and I'm like, I'm, I want to go see something here. I go to Dave Matthews Band. I don't know what song that is. Here. Pum, 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 pum. So this is late. You skipped Tragically Hip. You yeah. skipped Kid Rock. Yeah, I did skip Kid, Kid Rock, yeah. I can't stand. I used to love them. I hate them now. But you wouldn't have had fun at that Woodstock Oh, I would have loved every second of it. Yeah. But I found out he was rich growing up, and it really turns me off. Yeah, his dad owned a bunch of uh, car dealerships. Yeah, they showed a picture of his childhood home, and it's a mansion, and he fucking sings in his song, I'm not straight out of Compton. I'm straight out the trailer. He he never lived in a trailer. Really? Yeah. That does kind of annoy me. And he came out in a fur coat, and he said... I'm not political or nothing, but Monica Lewinsky is a fucking hoe and Bill Clinton is a goddamn pimp. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is the <laughs> level of intellect we're dealing with <laughs> at this fest. So you skipped that one, I guess. Can I can I add something? Of course. Um, I'm at Dave Matthews band. I'm starting to notice like not only do I feel like shit, but all the other people around me are feel are looking and feeling like shit. Some looking, girl, feeling, smelling. Some girl <laughs> right in front of me just seizes up. Like people are starting to drop like flies. Her boyfriend puts her over his shoulder and like runs her to the infirmary. People are just like people are dro- probably still grabbing her ass. 
Yeah, oh, my God, Kyle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, what? he's... Woodstock 99. He's not exaggerating. That's Literally. the kind of stuff that was going on there. Yeah. yeah. They but, were savages. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Dave Matthews Band specifically saying, damn, there's a lot of boobies out there. I found that kind of weird. <laughs> a lot of the acts were referencing the boobs. I think there was a lot going on out Yeah. There. You skipped Wyclef as well. Wyclef, I skipped that also. I, I just didn't care about Wyclef. I don't, I don't really have to see He him. did a Hendrix tribute. Again, nobody cared about. He played no. the Star Spangled Banner yeah. and lit his guitar on fire. Uh, I have something else that I missed that day and night. What? I wasn't there for Limp Bizkit. <gasps> I know. For shame. Do we have a button for that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like done for a while. I was like, I, wow. need, I need a fucking rest, man. It was just like, it was getting, after I saw that girl, it looked like she died. I was like, all right, I'm, if I stay out here long enough, I'm going to die too. So Dave was it. You're like, I'm good with Dave Matthews today. Because um, that was the band you wanted to see the most, right? Yes. So you felt satisfied. Not the most. I, I yeah, that's a good point. I don't I don't know what band I did want to see the most. I just wanted to go basically. I don't really care about any of these bands. Right and you now. you <laughs> didn't stick around for Alanis. She followed Dave. Um no, I think I did see part of Alanis. Yeah. Okay. No, I did see part of Alanis, but I I left in the middle of her because it was like kind of like a dead portion of the concert. It yeah. was like people weren't that into it. But yeah, I heard about Limbiscuit afterwards and I heard it from where I was hanging out that it was fucking insane. Obviously I've seen the documentaries. I, I know how it kind of You know what went on. I know what went on. While you were sleeping in the tent. Yeah. Um <laughs> I've been watching the Limbiscuit set at Woodstock ninety nine like the Zapruder film. Every minute of it. It's hard to me because it at the beginning of Limp Bizkit playing, he does play some slow songs. He is telling everyone to get the fuck up and all that stuff, but then he mixes in some mellower music. At one point, he says, they're telling me to tell y'all to mellow out. Yes, they told they told him that. Like, it seemed like halfway in between or something. He did say that before he did. break stuff. It was because people were getting hurt. Yeah. So he said, I don't really want you to mellow out, though. I just don't want people to get hurt. You know what I think it was? I think he did mention, you, you guys see corn ripping up last night? I think overall the vibe was like, Fred, you should calm it down here. And he's like, wait a second. You brought me to Woodstock. I'm now competing with my friendly band, Corn, who are all my brothers and stuff. So, like, I'm not going to turn it down. That's not how I do things. Right. This is going to make me look worse. You know, I, I want to do a legendary performance here. Yeah. This is what I came here for. Should we put some of it on? Yeah, I have a clip, Kyle, um, in 1938, if you could start it up. You know, after Alanis Morissette played, there's like some uneasy rage just in the entire festival. Yeah. It's just starting to get weird. Hey, they want to ask us to ask you to mellow out a little bit. Say too many people Bad are getting mode. hurt. Fuck you. <laughs> don't let nobody get hurt. But I don't think you should mellow out. Hell no. Mellowing out? That's what Alanis Morissette just had you motherfuckers do. Ah, burn. Yeah. Too much good. Birkenstock rock, y'all. <laughs> This is 1999, motherfucker! 
Right. Take your Birkenstocks and stick them up your fucking ass. Kyle <laughs> yeah. would have been front row like, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Right now I want to do something to see if I can't get this whole motherfucking place from front to back to get the fuck up. I'm getting pumped now. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah, and then do you want to go to 2220? This is when he first acknowledges the plywood in the audience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's some serious energy in this fucking place. <laughs> That's for sure. Meanwhile, Mark's sleeping in his tent. <laughs> well, he keeps naming other groups. Says naming groups that weren't even there. Yeah, yeah. Y'all see Aerosmith? You like that? Let's Get all your people in the back. people in the back. Kyle's about to jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> He's about to break his dick. Okay. Um, so, like, yeah. So he's acknowledging, and then he sees the wood. This is like 22 minutes in. He does See like my wood. They, yeah, yeah we, we've all. You know. <laughs> this is like 22 minutes of an hour set. Um, We're he, with you. You could tell he's whipping this whole audience into a frenzy. Yeah. After they had to listen to ironic. Yeah, I think uh, Nookie came like soon after that. People start ripping apart speakers and like press stands. Uh, then they they start doing more of the baseboard stuff and the baseboard surfing and shit. Yeah. And then they keep asking him to turn it down. Could you go to 4010 here? This is when they're doing in the middle of break stuff. Reach deep down inside. Take all that negative energy. Yeah, that, that line right there really pissed people off. Yeah. All that negative energy. And let that shit out of your fucking system. Yes. You got girl problems. You got boy problems. I get goosebumps. You got parent problems. <laughs> With this performance. Problems. You got job problems. You got a problem with me. You got a problem with yourself. It's time to take all that negative. Most of the normal people have the left the pit, out. and it's just like the most insane people in the yeah. world down there now. It's just building up. Yeah. There's people on top of plywood being passed around the crowd. Yeah. I saw one dude on plywood. He just disappears. <laughs> you got it. My suggestion is to keep your distance Because right now I'm dangerous We've all felt like shit Sing it, Kyle like shit. All those motherfuckers You wanna step up? I hope you know I pack a chainsaw I'll skip your ass wrong And if my day keeps going this way I'm just fine It's like 5,000 brawls just happening next to yeah. you <laughs> People know what's about to happen It's coming, baby yeah. Let's get ready Something tonight. I oh yeah. And this is where everything changes for the rest yeah. of the way. This is it, yeah. It goes insane. It becomes a never-ending hellscape for the next <laughs> 48 <laughs> hours. Uh go go to fifty-eight fifteen now. I, I know I get shit. a lot of lot of videos, but no, that's great. But this is like this is the turning point where it goes from like kind of too aggressive to like completely insane. Yeah, he's, he's on top of the uh, 
wood panels now. Yeah, he's on top of the wood panels. He got security to let him out here and, yeah. and get on the wood panels. Security's holding part of the wood panel up. Yeah. And he's not putting two and two together that they're breaking these panels off. Yeah. And that's why they have these surf on. <laughs> Kyle, go back to 4325. This is a very interesting point to me. Yeah. This is when he's not listening to John Schur. He's not listening to the promoters. He's going off on his own and not really calming this audience down. And they turn down his mic without him knowing. And he, he, he doesn't know what's going on. Oh. Oh. Hey, what's wrong with they the try to cut mic? the mic? Yeah, they're cutting the mic. Wow. They're turning him down. Dude, I'd be like him too then. Be like, fuck this place. Let's fucking rage. You're trying yeah. to shut me up. Let me break your fucking and, face. And then some guy, the, the stagehand, comes over and tells him, we'll turn you up if you calm things down. Wow. Oh, and that's when he goes on to the whole. Yep. He agrees to it, but that does none of it. <sighs> Shit. Yeah. They know they have more bangers after that. They could get people just as fucking riled up. But I'm surprised they turned the mic back up because, yeah. you know, they, they that was the only control they had over. Well, what are you going to do? They're going to play. People are going to go crazy. If you t- kick them off the stage, I know. they're going to go even crazier. But they eventually did kick them off the stage. Wow. They ended their set early. But they did play George they did, Michael's they did face. Do 60 they minutes. did. I, I, I heard in, in uh, a documentary uh, that they did get kicked off. Early. I think the Netflix one said that. They, they, wow. did le- they were sent off early. But at least they managed to get that crowd pleasing sing along out, the faith. Yeah. Because that seems like a good That's ending. That's their out usually. Maybe they, they got told you got one more song, we're fucking pulling you off or something. And what's yeah. ridiculous about that is John Cher, the promoter, <laughs> this guy that's awful, he's like, everybody, calm down. Now stay tuned for Rage Against the Machine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have that here exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, Rage Against the Machine. That's so funny, dude. Well, machine is, is corporate America, and that's what they these assholes are. Yeah. <laughs> It just, this night is just, yeah, Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, and Metallica. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Fred Durst gets right off stage, goes right backstage to John Norris of MTV, and he goes, it's not our fault. Wow. (laughs) Like, Alejandro has a a video there of Fred talking about it somewhat recently. As we've discussed, a lot of shit went down after this performance, and the festival just turned upside down. Yeah. And this is Fred Durst talking about his role in that. It's time to take all that negative energy and put it the out. I don't think they understood that I meant, okay, let's get rid of all that negativity so we can bring positive in that means start j- jumping you know jumping and singing it doesn't mean start raping and, <laughs> and burning the place down that's definitely not what i meant they go right into that he meant well well everyone has- i mean i i think that's pretty much a given like get all your negative energy and fucking let it out like, that's how i view well, it well yeah. J- john sure has said he did acknowledge I should have had some lighter band in between them, in between like Raging of the Machine and Metallica. And yeah, but it's too late. It's you not d- the band's fault. It's the situation that they thrust these fucking people Thank into. Yeah, yes. That's yeah. the real criminal here. That's, yeah. It's not the band. It's not Fred Durst. It's that this whole fucking thing sucks. Yeah. In well, fact, I would say that the only thing that kept people there was the music. Yeah. Because if this was all... What else, Kyle? The, well, the film festival? Right, exactly. Yeah. But no, I'm saying if, <laughs> it was, if it was softer music and it's 
all Alanis Morissette and Cheryl Crow and the fucking Dixie Chicks or whatever, people will just leave. And they were right. Well, or, they, or they could leave. That's true. That yeah. would have been a better scenario than right. what happened. People would have left if it was like the fucking... <laughs> but that would have been a better Put scenario. Yanni next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, Kenny G. Yeah. Or, or they would have tore shit up there anyway. Right. Because Rage was like, you sure you want us to play? And they're like, yeah, because they might tear up the entire fucking place if you don't. Because they're expecting Rage against the machine. They are. Yeah. yeah. So well, they would be really pissed. Well, if- Rage actually agreed to turn down to 75% of uh, volume. So they agreed to turn down their set. They still fucking rock. It was amazing. Yeah. They kind of got the short end of the stick historically, though, because nobody talks about their set. Yeah, exactly. It's all That's about true. fucking what, what, who did the craziest shit. Metallica, too. Yeah. And Rage Against the Machine, at the end of their set, Zach De La Roca burned an upside-down American flag. And then <laughs> they all walked off stage, and that got no press. Yeah, that's crazy. Fred Durst is an asshole. Yeah. While the flag is burning. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. had nothing to do with. Woodstock 99 is all, yeah, it's Limp Biscuit, corn, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much all you really hear about. Each night. But Rage, you know... Uh, they didn't provoke the audience, really. You know, they didn't play Fire by Jimi Hendrix. They just, yeah. they played their usual, like, you know, fuck imperialism and fuck the cop stuff, which, uh, yeah. to be honest, these white dudes are just raging out to the sound of it yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. and, the, and the anger. Yeah, I, I thought Rage was amazing. I think they were one of my favorite acts there. You returned to Rage then. You, you went to watch Rage. Yeah, yeah, I did go to watch Rage, yes. Okay. Uh, my friend actually... He uh, told me he had a couple ecstasy pills, so we we go to see Rage Against the Machine and Metallica. You took E to what? You were rolling for those. Yes, I. It w- which was the worst mistake because right when it hit me, we did one of these things where we both had ecstasy pills and we tap them like we were doing shots or something and I dropped mine on the ground <gasps> oh. <laughs> and then I'm like swallowing like pebbles the things that I think are the pill oh my and I'm like, god I'm, getting I'm, trench mouth I'm like I don't know yeah, I'm getting trench mouth I'm like <laughs> I don't know if I got the pill I, m- maybe it's not gonna hit me right in the middle of Metallica where it's like ooh that's when it hits me <laughs> yeah. yeah I respect both <laughs> bands I can't think of two bands I'd rather see less on ecstasy it was the worst yeah, I would have rather gone to see fucking Moby yeah. Yeah. on Ecstasy. Yeah, he was there too. Yeah. <laughs> and in one of the docs, he's like, I saw the whole thing coming. All right, no one cares about These Moby. misogynistic pigs. Yeah. God. That didn't help mellow me out. Yeah, doing that Ecstasy right in the middle of Metallica set. Um, at some point in the middle of Metallica, I'm getting closer and closer, and I'm noticing this mosh pit. I, I can't even tell you what this looks like. It looks like a, like apocalypse now. Like I'm on drugs, like fucking I see all the most insane violence in the world happening. Like people are just bashing each other's heads in. Maybe you saw that one guy. The one guy that died? Yeah. Um yeah, I I do have some detail on him, but I didn't see that guy. But I remember distinctly while I'm on these drugs, Metallica's rocking out. Some guy that I grew up with in my neighborhood kind of stumbles up to me he's got no shirt on he's filthy he's he's bloodied and bashed and, and you didn't go there with him no he found you somehow he, he just popped out he of was the esca- mosh pit he was escaping the mosh pit he was like running it seemed like his brain was bleeding like he wasn't talking right he was fucked up and he goes all he says to me is he goes it's fucked up in there man and then he just keeps stumbling forward behind me it just keeps going <laughs> i never saw him ever again I don't know if he survived or what happened. He could have just dropped dead like five steps behind me. Do you it wasn't think he recognized you? 
He did. Oh, we recognized each other. I'm like, hey, oh, Brian. Fuck. He's like, <laughs> and all he said was, it's really bad in there. <laughs> and that's Don't it. Go that way. And that was it. Parting words. Parting wow. words. Yeah. I was just like, all right, man. Wow. Yeah. And so on ecstasy, you still didn't have the urge to hit up the 24 hour rave tent after Metallica. Um, <laughs> Thank God you didn't go that night. It's though. possible I could have. I don't really remember that much, to be honest. I I might have went there for a little bit, but uh, yeah, that seemed like even a weird. Scene well, also. Saturday night in the Netflix doc when Fat Boy Slim played. Yeah, that's the night that these hooligans stole a car from the Woodstock compound. Yeah, and then drove it into the rave tent. Yeah, and they found a girl. They were assaulting uh, some girl. In there yeah, that was being yeah. assaulted inside. Oh, yeah, I and then they that. had to shut down Fat Boy Slim's show to get the girl to safety and get the car out of there because everyone's dancing. Someone drove a car into the crowd. It was that, that is so. How dangerous. did they get the keys? It was so weird with it a was... girl being raped inside of it. Yeah, yeah. how insane. What is the that fuck? how do you continue to party after that yeah incident? you can't it, like that was the problem there was no security anywhere there was no presence no one was doing anything and people were openly fornicating during fat boy slim set he said he saw yeah wow. like it was just pandemonium it was insane yeah uh so yeah metallica was it was aggressive uh i could imagine if you were in the middle of that pit you weren't able to get out i even saw like the guy that i grew up with barely you know escape what was going on down yeah. there there was no organization it was mayhem gaping head wound guy gaping head wound <laughs> brian yeah guy who never saw again did he survive i don't know we have no idea yeah i didn't get invited to the funeral <laughs> and you had taken ecstasy before so it's not like overwhelming in that sense you knew what you were in for it was, uh it felt like a different strand that I've, i i have only done it once <laughs> as a teenager before in like college or something but i I never, I wasn't like an ecstasy head. I didn't really do that that much. But having it the second time doing it at Metallic was probably a bad idea. You weren't like a raver wearing like lipstick, holding glow sticks. <laughs> no, I was the total opposite yeah. of that. I never did anything like that. But it, Metallic, it was, I can't even imagine what that would be oh like. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, no one had rave sticks of Metallica. They'd probably fucking <laughs> shoot you in the face. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Feel the love. <laughs> no, it was not like that at all. But that night, actually, like around this time, unfortunately, someone did die. There was the first death of Woodstock 99 occurred during Metallica. The man's name was David DeRosia. He died of hypothermia, um, which is a weird thing to die of. But it seems like it was. Right. It's like you have to be. It's like cold. Hyperthermia. It's probably the opposite where you cook to death. Oh, you know what? That could be right. It's hyper versus hypo. One's cold. One's hot. Well, what happened was David was a, a young guy in good health. Actually, John Schur, the fucking asshole on the shit list, by the way, promoter, said he was fat. That's the reason why he had a pre-existing condition. That's why he died. Wow. What a fucking asshole. Ask John Scher a question about something that went wrong at Woodstock. <laughs> and he deflects. He'll, he'll give <laughs> yeah. you a deflective answer. Yeah. Every fucking time. He also said, by the way, all the girls that were groped at Woodstock, he said, what were they wearing? What They were asking for it. I have an exact quote I jotted down. Okay. Woodstock was like a small city, you know? There would probably be as many or more rapes in any size city of that, but it wasn't anything that gained enough momentum so that it caused any on-site issues other than, of course, the women it happened to. Wow. That's yeah. a quote from John Cher. 
Oh my God! What yeah, it's, you know, it, only the women it happened to had to deal with yeah. it. So David DeRosa, it wasn't his fault, you know. He it, was obese, according to John. Scher. But but the real problem was they found out in retrospect was they didn't have proper facilities on uh, the premises at Woodstock '99 in order to treat him because they didn't even know what he had. They didn't properly treat him until he got to a hospital like two hours later. Which is odd to me because this is on a, the Air Force base where they did have that infrastructure part of the with a hospital. No, they just wanted the infrastructure to keep people out from not paying tickets. Who didn't pay tickets, rather. So they didn't care about the uh, you know having a good doctor. Because the doctor that they did hire was actually fired from her New York City uh, hospital job a couple months later oh, for, be, for doing like a bad job, basically. Jesus. Yeah, so they got the cheapest possible thing on every turn that they could, so they could make more profit. And as you heard in the podcast we both listened to, Break Stuff, it's called. Yeah. And the two docs, actually, the Netflix didn't cover this guy at all, but the HBO one did. Yeah. He was so excited to be there. It was his idea, and he convinced all his friends to go with him. Yeah. Yeah. And how old was he? 24. 24. Yeah. So they go to Woodstock, and he's just having the time of his life. Apparently, none of them were even drinking. They just were there for the music, and he actually kept a journal. Yeah. And I have a couple of things from the journal here that I jotted down as well. He said that he had seen the band live and they were very good. Jamiroquoi, not good. Agreed. Listen to a horrible set by Andy Dick. Ah, <laughs> of course. Then he wrote, I'm doing okay but tired. Then he saw Corn and Bush. And he also wrote, Boob count is too high to keep counting. <laughs> kind of getting old. And then Outlook for a shower, not good. Tomorrow's goal, this is written on Friday. Tomorrow's goal, get on the Woodstock video by being in the Metallica pit. Yeah. Rock on. Yeah, his wow. friend actually was with him. His friend let him go. He's like, I'm not going to go in the pit. You you go yeah. ahead. It looks too dangerous for me. And like, you know, I'm kind of on the board with that. But his friend was like crying in one of the documentaries how bad he felt that he wasn't there to like be with his friend because his friend just like seized up. In a pit like that, you're going to be sticking around for a while before, unfortunately, you know, they, they bring you to security and they're able to get you to help. Yeah. This keeps getting sadder the more I'm reading about it. He, he was the primary caretaker for his mom who was um, suffering for uh, all the effects of Lyme disease for years. Uh, she's got intermittent blindness at the time. She's got muscle weakness. And uh, he was the guy taking care of her. And she was nervous about him going. And her last, his last words to her was, don't worry, mom. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then you get the call that he died. Oh, God. And from his friend's perspective, you go to a concert with your friend, you leave without your friend. Yeah. yeah that must crazy. feel awful. Yeah. His uh, body temperature went all the way up to 107. So he just, he yeah, it, his, it was his, hyperthermia. Hyperthermia. Yeah. yeah. So what happened with that exactly? Uh, so hyperthermia is when you completely overheat and there's no way for your body to cool itself down. Okay. Um, and it just got stuck. But the fact that he was at a tent where, you know, it was underststaffed and it sounds like under knowledgeable, I guess. What they the should have done was thrown him into an ice bath right away. That, that would have brought him. saved him. That would have saved him. Yeah. Yeah. But they said he was um, agitated and non-cooperative. So they gave him a sedative 
to calm him down and he's literally like cooking to death and they're like ah just have a valium you'll be all right yeah and so it took a couple hours for them to be like oh shit he's not getting it's that simple just to throw him in an ice bath and just calm just cool his entire system down because once they got him to the hospital then they started doing this but it was already too late yeah and i understand that he was belligerent and out of his mind he was probably scary yeah. yeah, but these are supposed to be professionals. Like, okay, what might be going on possibly at this festival where it's over a hundred degrees? Wouldn't they be ready to deal with people that are overheated? So yeah, and it, there was also a lack of water. There was no like water mist going on in the audience, like you have at normal concerts where it's over ninety degrees. Yeah, and he actually he went into a coma the next day. And as he was in the coma, the doctors are quoted as saying he was oozing blood from all orifices. Oh, oh. God. That's what his chart reads. The doctor at Woodstock was a two-year resident, which is, that is a, a young rookie doctor, basically. Yeah. Hasn't really seen enough to really know what they're doing. They should have had like an Iraq war veteran fucking doctor there. Yeah. This doctor is one step removed from the Peace Patrol. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. The Paw Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. More like, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is. A, I think this is on John Sure also, and that's why he's deflecting by saying the guy was fat. What a fucking asshole! Yeah. Has he lo- has is... he looked in a fucking mirror? I'll say that again to, to him this time, <laughs> John Sure. Yeah. So yeah, the guy was uh, Derosia was uh, five foot nine and three hundred and forty pounds. So yeah. I mean, I guess I mean, that's an easy target to be like he wasn't taking care of himself. He's gonna die. He's anyway. young though, so yeah. like w- without any other uh, complications. But all the people in the emergency tents, they said uh, they were just overrun by people. Like they, it could have been that they didn't have the time or resources to dedicate to this person because they had so many people coming in. Was it something like a hundred an hour that were? Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, a being ton- treated for heat exhaustion every hour. Like more and more people were coming in, even as it got more aggressive and scary. More and more people started showing up. This is a concert. Yeah, yeah. People are supposed to be having fun. Yeah, one of the EMTs, as it was going forward, was like, "Oh, we're fucked. There, people are gonna die. We're not equipped for this." Yeah. I'm surprised more people didn't. Yeah, a second man did die in his forties. Um, he died of cardiac arrest, but he did have known heart conditions before. Mm. I'm surprised there's anyone in their 40s also at Woodstock 99, but, you know, <laughs> do what you will, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Say lovey. Let's break some stuff. I know, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, how old are you? He's bald. He's got like a little <laughs> yeah. gray ponytail yeah. in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so David DeRosa, he was actually pronounced dead that Monday, right? Yeah, after being in a coma. And- yeah. Apparently bleeding out of every hole. That's so crazy. Oof. Yeah, but the guy that died of tr- cardiac arrest, he was pronounced dead that day. Like Saturday? Saturday, yeah. During Alanis or something? Yeah. Okay. Just trying to <laughs> yeah. paint a Imagine having here. a heart attack during Alanis Morissette. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was just the issues with the crowd control and everything going on there, you know, it led to... Just mayhem. And yeah, these people could have been saved, in my opinion. And speaking of Alanis again, his treatment was kind of like that song. Yeah. The 10,000 spoons was the sedatives they were giving him. And all he needed was ice water, which is the knife. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Hello. But (laughs) um, (laughs) I have a little section here on the sexual assaults. Oh, nice. Okay, we got to get to that. I know. Kyle, play this uh, this clip I just emailed you. 
Hello. This is after the Beastie Boys won um, a VMA right after Woodstock 99. For Hello Nasty, okay, the album. Uh, yeah, great album. I'd like to thank MTV for giving us the opportunity to be in a room with all these musicians that are here tonight. Especially for giving us the microphone, because uh, there's something I really want to talk about tonight while I have the time. I read in the news and heard from my friends all about the sexual assaults and the rapes that went down at Woodstock 99 and made me feel really sad and angry. Okay? <laughs> are you all there? The nervous okay. laughter. Yeah. yeah. Remember People that? are just shocked. But that takes balls to do what he's doing. Of course. Well, I was thinking, why should I just feel mad about it and not do anything about it? I think we can do something about it. As musicians. Now, I'm talking to all the musicians here. Thank you, Diana <laughs> All the musicians yeah. here. I think we can talk to the promoters and make sure that they're doing something about the safety like John of all the Cher. girls and the women that yeah. come to our shows. I think we can talk and work with the security people to make sure they know and understand about sexual harassment and rape and they know how to handle these situations. You know what I'm saying? Respectfully. Anyway. I want to Amen. dedicate Amen. Well said, to everybody out there that's down to make change happen. Thanks. Yeah. So that was like, that was a pivotal moment you know like obviously they brought that room to an entire standstill yeah i'm surprised i don't remember that to be honest yeah i I, used to watch the vmas and all those shows maybe they cut the feed maybe they could have you never know but they'd get a ton of shit for that especially these days but uh yeah um you know a lot of the stuff we did cover with the sexual assault stuff i personally did not see a lot of this stuff but that was up more, more the mosh pits and stuff where a lot of the big gropes were happening. Yeah. And I heard in a lot of these documentaries, a lot of like assaults did go on in like these bigger circles yeah. of dudes of like, you know, 50,000 people. You can't get out anywhere and like, you know, and these girls are like cornered and stuff. So obviously it sounds this ridiculous. This frat boy dark energy. Yeah. I remember there were some dudes near us, these like Southern weird, not to say Southern is bad, but they were just like, I'm saying it. There were some girls they were talking to like, like, hello, I'm a Southerner. (laughs) Uh, Some, some girls, some, some girls was talk were talking to them. Gosh. Yeah. And uh, I forgot I was saying now. Some girls were talking to who? Some girls were talking to these southern guys, and, oh, yeah. and they were like, "Hey, what's going on?" They're like, "Oh, we're just uh, we're having fun over here. I'm about to pull my dingaling out." And, and everyone was like, "What the fuck did that guy just say?" And I was just like, "This is not normal people here. It's bad." And I even saw one of the warm up guys on uh, stage in one of the early concerts, yeah, like hyping the crowd up, and he was just like, "Yo, I'm looking at all the women with their tops off now, and let's just say I got to go out back and you know do something." disgusting <laughs> it's awful yeah. jesus christ i'll say this it was a lot of guys it was like 60 to 70 percent guys basically it was a brodeo and a lot of them in their early uh 20s fucking pickle potty <laughs> yeah <laughs> with no moral compass no yeah. moral compass at all yeah and they're you know it's a lot of college scumbags basically yeah from various parts of the country and it's just like there's just bad elements there's like weird biker guy i don't know it's just 
they'll, they let anyone in. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. No, it's not. I felt uneasy the entire three days I was there. It's it not happy go lucky. You're having a great time. Yeah. And it's not cool for John Sure to use that. What was she wearing defense about any of these songs? Because he's like, the way he says it is like, everyone comes up to me every morning and says, wow, I had a great time at Woodstock 99. And he says a couple of bad apples made it bad. Like, no. There was more than a couple in these scenarios. And all it takes is one bad apple to rape somebody yeah. or to cause death. And yeah. you don't need any more bad apples than that. But guess what, John Cher? Yeah. There was more than one, and there was more than 20, I would say. Well, they weren't. I noticed they weren't protecting the women or any of the other stuff going on, but the ATMs and all the, the vending stuff. The were, hot dogs. All the cash was protected. Yeah. The, yeah. Thir- the not 35 cent hot dogs were fucking <laughs> protected. But not the actual people that paid $150 to go this fucking thing. Um, either way, Saturday's done in the books. Okay. It's over with. Uh, you I, survived. I survived it. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was. And I, I went back to the camper and I passed out after drinking a lot more vodka to deal with the PTSD I already had <laughs> of what had gone on. And did you feed any other random strangers vodka again? No, not okay. that night. But there was... No, because they were running low. But there was <laughs> weird fucked up dudes that were just stomping around our camp area like, hey man, is this my camp? We're like... No, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like people just got lost the entire time because it was so dark. I love hey. how quickly it went from you being into that situation to you being like, hey, get the fuck away from no, our campsite, I, you fucking piece of okay, shit. Trevor, <laughs> Trevor. Mark's like, shut the fuck up. But I'm not stomping in the middle of other people's camps saying, yeah. hey, man, are you my friend? <laughs> it's so nice that you were kind hearted enough to help this poor fellow. Yeah. He spits on him and kicks him in the nuts. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we're like uh, the Bronx Tale guys. Get the fuck off our fucking turf. Although (laughs) odds are that any random frat boy dude that you would punch there probably deserved it. Sure. Yeah, you take a swing, you're hitting somebody that did something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I distinctly remember uh, my friend... No one wanted to go to the bathroom because they were so far away from us, but one of our friends took a dump in a box in his tent. I would have just dug a hole yeah. at some point. Yeah. But that's better than the porta potty situation. We, yeah. It was so far on the other side, but once you got there, like there was no, you felt like you'd never make it back. Yeah. We haven't even talked about really how the bathroom situation was flooding, and then there were people just. They thought it was mud, but they're walking around. It's literal shit. Yeah. It's like Green Day 94. They thought they were like the the mud mud. people, but there was no rain. So what the fuck you think (laughs) you're in, motherfucker? Or they thought it was water. From the pipes burst. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's But true it too. really was, it was sewage. It was a mixture of shit. It was all like mixed together. Like that's why people were getting the trunk. How dumb are these people? We, I mean, we know how dumb they are, but it smells. And there were hand washing stations that people just filled up with water and just parked their nasty ass inside Dude, of it. The porta parties were like filled to the brim with shit. Oh, I'm sure. The water troughs, it was like rub a dub dub, three men in a tub. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that was the shit. The shit contaminated water. Yeah. So Oof. you couldn't even fuck with that shit. It was gross. I was like fucking starving. I ha- I bought one soggy ham sandwich for ten dollars. <laughs> And that's all I ate. Soggy ham sandwich, yeah. <laughs> soggy ham sandwich, yeah. Ten dollars, yeah. Get your soggy ham. Got ten dollars, that cash. And that was his best moment. Yeah. That was my second best moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Finding was, Trevor immediately. Yeah, and then finding food one. and getting it uh, inside him because I, that's the only thing I ate the entire weekend. No. Wow. I swear to God. 
What? Wow. I ate one ham sandwich and chips. Oh my god! And a bottle of water. That was the only food I ate the entire time. I'm surprised you didn't murder Willie Nelson Sunday morning and roast him <laughs> up. Yeah. Well, you know what I did Sunday morning? I woke up, felt, got the fuck out of there. I left. <laughs> we left. We, what time? We saw enough. We must have left at like 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. or maybe even earlier. Did you see anybody? No, nothing. That's, okay. Did you leave because it was so dodgy, or did you leave because you had to get back to the pizzeria? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. We left. We all agreed that we had seen enough. It wow. Was, it was not going to get better. We knew there was uh, there was something in the air that was like this is about to get even worse. Somehow. You understand how miserable of an experience it has to be for a bunch of eighteen year olds to be like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's what it was. I couldn't deal with it anymore. Like it wow. wasn't me just being the number one complainer, but I yeah. think I was putting that into the ether. Like, hey, dudes, what do we really want to see here tonight? You know, like uh, we want to see Jewel. Like, who cares about that? Yeah. You know, you guys are really, really creed nuts here. Um, <laughs> Willie Nelson started off the day. Brian Setzer, Everlast, Elvis Costello. Yeah, duel. like, am I gonna like make myself more miserable to to watch Brian Setzer orchestra? Like, get the fuck out of yeah, here! That would have been kind of one fun. good one. Thank <laughs> God, like swing. You guys are a couple of stray cat losers. <laughs> stray cat loser, driving well. Yeah, <laughs> throw back a secret gay dad. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> <laughs> and Creed. That's not even. That's fucking Cherry Pop and Daddy's YouTube oh, yeah. Riot. Yeah, still swinging a little bit. Gay Creed <laughs> went on stage and they did another failed original Woodstock bit. They were like nervous. Scott Stapp is like, hey everybody, I got Robbie Krieger from the Doors. Oh yeah, and, and then you could hear crickets in the audience <laughs> from the fucking Doors, man. Everyone's like, who the fuck are the Doors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And definitely who the fuck is Robbie Krieger. Yeah. The poor guy goes on says nobody I knew because I, I looks up. I, I like the Doors movie. I and uh, I just assume it's, you know But you left. I know. Yeah. You weren't there for that. I know. You were the one person that would have gotten <laughs> how special that was. <laughs> but no one cared about anything. No. People just wanted to get fucking insane. There was no Woodstock mythology in the minds of the kids that were there. No. Because it was promoted as this is not your grandma's Woodstock. And so it was just a moneymaker for John Sher and Michael. It's Lang. not your Woodstock either. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no <laughs> nostalgia for 69. Yeah, I think people were just, uh, they were angry. They were just there because they wanted to get their money's worth at that point. Yeah. And they wanted to get more than their money's worth. They yeah. wanted to fucking tear shit up. Do you think part of it is that the, everyone thought the world was about to end? And so they're just like, fuck it. I think it was such a horrible experience for people. There's no water. Everyone's fucking on the verge of death. And they saw the money grabs that were happening. And they're like, you know what? You're going to make money. But I'm going to make sure now you fucking lose money. We're going to fuck this shit up. And yeah. I think that's what really was in people's minds. Well, what happens is Flea comes on stage. Well, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Flea comes out first. They're the naked. last band yeah. Yeah, on Sunday. There were whispers about some special event that was supposed to happen after Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. So some people thought Jimi Hendrix is going to rise from the dead or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they were yeah. expecting something really cool. That's the backdrop of this performance. Yeah. If yeah. you thought Andy Dick's penis was the last penis you were going to see on stage at Woodstock 99, you were wrong. 
Well, that's, that's what they're making it out to be. And then right before Red Hot Chili Peppers go on, they're passing out these candles because they're going to do this big vigil for gun violence. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And they're like, all right, this is the perfect time to do this. Yeah. And we're months removed from Columbine. Yes. Yeah. Columbine had, is just brand new in like the. That happened know, that April. Memories. Yeah, the gunpowder is still fresh. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, we got Walter Cronkite here. <laughs> <laughs> we got Cullen. The, the tears are still streaming. <laughs> Cullen, Cullen. Uh, yeah, you're right. But they think they're going to solve the gun crisis with the end of this concert. And with boy, peace, were they wrong. Peace candles. Yeah. Peace candles. Yeah. And here comes Flea with his cock out on yeah, stage. Yeah. With nothing, <laughs> completely nothing but naked. a bass guitar. But if yeah. you have to choose a cock, I mean, it would be Flea over Andy Dick. Yeah. Andy Dick. Absolutely. Andy. Um, but yeah, they had a rocking set for the most part, but people started to, there was a lot of pyros running around the entire time. And I think <laughs> they, they started like... <laughs> Uh, hitting their stride during the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert because they're finding a lot of things to start burning on fire. At some point, John Schur had to get out there in the middle of Red Hot Chili Peppers set and say, this is not part of the show. You guys should not be starting fires out there. And then Red Hot Chili Peppers is going on and um, more and more fires are starting up. Mm -hmm. At one point, Anthony Kiedis goes, hey, it looks like an apocalypse now out there, man. Um, and they asked him, like Limp Bizkit, to yeah. calm him down. Even the mayor, I think, of, yeah, the uh, mayor came of Rome, out. New York, asked him to, to calm down the Chili Peppers. And they're like, yeah, yeah fuck you. No, the, <laughs> Anthony Kiedis was like, oh, yeah, we'll absolutely tell him to calm down. And then they went out. And they saw that things were getting lit on fire, and they yeah. played "Stand Next to My Fire." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as the audience, you know, seemed like they were being egged on, why not just keep this going? Yeah. And I don't think it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like Limp Bizkit, that really, you know, ignited these people. Yeah. It was already there. It everything, was everything was happening already. The wheels were in motion. Yeah. I think the first thing that happened there that really set this audience off. A couple of kids got together and there was this like Ford dealership car that they were trying to sell or they were like trying to like, you know, do like a sweepstakes or something like yeah. you put in your number. They flip it over <laughs> and yeah. then they, they light it on fire. Yeah. And then they go around, they find a couple other trucks and they started burning those. Uh, there was like big trucks that were for the vendors and stuff. They start burning those. And this is after Red Hot's done. Yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers finishes. And at this moment, everyone realizes, oh, that's it. There's no special surprise. There's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we all thought there was something. We got conned. Yeah. Being they hyped. Just, they were just trying to keep people there. So they're covered in shit. Yeah. They're dehydrated. Yeah. It's been a weekend of being ripped off. Yeah. And now they have a candle. <laughs> what are you going to do? They start burning and uh, tearing apart the entire place. Eventually, they get to the vendors and they start burning those down, which I'm really happy about. Like the up against the wall, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yes, they're stealing ATMs. They're fucking destroying shit left and right. They're fucking everything. If you up. were still there, it's either join them or join them. <laughs> yeah. Be part of the, the riot or be destroyed, basically. Yeah. 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 And I think all the people in those vendors and all the security. They just like dissolve because they're like, I'm not going to take a bullet for fucking Woodstock 99. Yeah. So no one's doing anything. Oh, really. Everyone closes up shop at that point. So and it, MTV yeah. was out of there the day before. So John Shirk could have called the state police way earlier than he did, but he yeah. didn't want to pay them. Wow. 
What a prick, this guy. <laughs> he didn't Did call we them. say that yet? This was the money-making Woodstock. They had to. The riot goes through the night. And actually at 12.01 a.m., the, all security, all their comms shut off because John Schur had only paid for the <laughs> for the equipment until the end of Sunday. Oh he didn't pay God. for Monday. What a so loser. all the fucking communications go down for wow. all the security. Peace patrol out. Oh, so, they were out yeah. Saturday. Yeah, they turned in their fucking badges and T-shirts. So I think <laughs> like an hour later, um, the New York State Police come in and they finally get a calm down around 6 or 7 a.m. And wow. by then it's just ass. They show up in riot gear and they just totally just do a entire sweep of the entire campground. Jeez. Wow. And it looks like a fallen city at that point. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Fallujah or something. Like Holy Iraq. shit. And of course, it's in Rome, New York, and there's all the perfect comparisons to Rome is burning, the yeah. fall of Rome. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and all the pillaging it went in Rome. Yeah. Got to join. Yes. <laughs> on the darker side. Well, even yeah. <laughs> I heard on the podcast, uh, on the some of the interviews with the podcast, they're like, even kids that would never get down with shit like this were fully involved in this because they're like, oh, absolutely. it's what everyone else was doing. Everyone was so angry. This is like, this is our get back. This is, yeah. once it becomes a thing, this is what it's going to be. That's what I was thinking. I think, you know, the rapists and like horrible minority of people aside, I think a lot of people that were just doing the burning and stuff and just joining in were just like caught up in the moment. It's just yeah. mob mentality at that point. Yeah, if you can flip one of the vendor trucks that was the biggest ripoff of the yeah. weekend, yeah. how fun would that have been? Right. That'd be fucking amazing. Like, this is the same fucking vendor that sold me a soggy sandwich for, for $37. Bucks. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because I get home. I, I fall asleep for because I get home at like in the afternoon. I fall asleep for like probably 10, 12 hours or something in the afternoon. And I wake up the next morning and I see this riot happening. And part of me was like, oh, my God, thank God I wasn't there. But the other part of me is like, fuck, I wish I burned I down that soggy, the soggy sandwich vendor. <laughs> I wish I got them back for charging me fucking 10 bucks. You try to burn it down, but it's the only one that won't burn down. It's too, <laughs> yeah, too much sog. It's too wet. <laughs> <laughs> it is too wet to be burned down. It's too much sog. Too much sog <laughs> or, on this truck. He's trying to flip it over, but then he's like, whoa, and it like rolls back on top of yeah, him. Yeah, it kills me. <laughs> There's too much sog on this hog. <laughs> <laughs> or you open it up and you're like, guys, soggy sandwiches for everyone. <laughs> and you start throwing them out. Yeah. And then I choke on one. And I, that's how I die. Yeah. And Mama Cass is like, hey, join the club. Hey, yeah. <laughs> 27. Club sandwich. Um, Even though I didn't die like that. <laughs> the third and final death at Woodstock 99 while leaving was her my soul. Yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> while leaving her handicapped parking spot, Tara Weaver, who was 28 years old, was hit by two cars and killed in the Woodstock parking lot. Jesus. What? No one was charged, and it appeared to just have been an accident. Oh, my God. I mean, two cars hit her at one time? Yeah. Same, thing, same thing happened to me when I was uh, 25. Jesus. That's yeah. right. That's another episode <laughs> yeah well i just wait till i die <laughs> what when you got hit crossing the street yeah i got hit up no, i'm saying to tell your story someday yeah oh okay sure that's all i'm like what's going on here <laughs> did what's you get in hit by two cars what's in this beer yeah i did what yeah i thought it was one yeah, i thought it was one too no i get hit by one and then one was coming the other way on washington street and what how are you still talking to us right now i don't know 
Why am I still talking? Maybe we've died. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is the afterlife. Or did you think maybe you died at Woodstock and everything else was hell? Maybe. Oh, my God. Because it felt like hell already. Yeah. One thing I want to say about Tara Weaver, it was probably a testament to how much people were in a rush to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. That she got hit in the parking lot and stuff. So Very sad thing that happened. That's awful. So that's three deaths, which matches Woodstock 94. Wow. In the Netflix documentary, some of the people they interview, like one of them looks like Joe Dirt. And he's like, (laughs) it was fun. Yeah. So that's the element of people there. They weren't very smart. They were kind of brain damaged. And, you know, they were probably perfect place for them, actually. And there's people still, a girl that I think she was 14 when she went and she was interviewed in the Netflix thing. She said she had the best time. I'd do it again. It was the best time of my life. It's like, what? Yeah. And you were 14. Well, actually, Michael Lang was trying to get one last Woodstock going in 2019. Woodstock 50. Woodstock 50. It never happened. Um, and no, they had the poster made and everything. I, I was ready to buy tickets. Yeah, I was so pissed. Yeah. Foo Fighters and Jay Z were going to be the Miley headliners. Cyrus. Yeah, fuck yeah. It was going to happen in Maryland though. Like, which uh, upstate New York wanted nothing to do with them. Wow, nothing. Because it was supposed to be every five years. Remember, exactly. Ninety nine really quashed those plans. Of course, yeah, and it quashed probably this one too. And then the thing with Michael Lang, um, it's funny because. I looked at his net worth after he died. It was $10 million, really? which is probably around the exact amount he made off of Woodstock 99 once he finally you know, got his shit together and, and got all his was able to extract all the profit out of that. John Share too? Yeah, they made money. John Share making money off of it. He made fucking money. And wow. Michael Lang also wrote a book called The Road to Woodstock yeah. in 2009, and that was a big hit. So I'm sure he got some money from that. Deal. Of course. You know, and he didn't really do much besides trying to do the. Yeah, I mean, but he had, he had like seven kids, though. So I'm sure in ex-wives, I'm sure that all costs a lot. And that's why he's doing these events every couple of years. So he tried to do the Woodstock 50. And you know how he was known as the Willy Wonka of concert promoters. Yeah. Eternally youthful. Well, in the HBO doc, he kind of looks like the Woodstock 69 <laughs> Michael Lang. Just a bit older, but the same hair and the same well, that's hippie what... look. But then in the Netflix documentary yeah which was a little bit later he looks like he's at death's door and then he did die in january yeah he got cancer so i mean that was a really fast deterioration but yeah he looked young before that because that's what not worrying about any other person actually will do to you probably you're right he had that peaceful demeanor his entire life and at woodstock 99 you can see footage him and john share through press conferences every day and they all said Hey, this is going great. Oh, there's some bad apps. He blamed John Sherb blamed Kurt Loder for the negative press. He blamed Kurt Loder for like everything for MTV and all them. He said they fucking were looking for a narrative. They found it, and then that's the reason why people think bad about it. No, John Sherb, I was there. This concert was a fucking mess. It was hell on earth, and wow. it's your fault, asshole. <laughs> Come meet me in Burbank, Ralph. I'll fight you in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> Come on down. And Michael Lang, there's a lot of footage of him wandering the Woodstock 99 grounds, and he's wearing annoyingly short shorts, and I just fucking hate them. Oh, God. <laughs> like, who the fuck do you think you are? I wish I saw him there. I would have knocked him out. <laughs> How annoying. And then John Share like, in his little baseball cap. Yeah, he wore a baseball cap. Like, hey, guys, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm John Share. Hey, you having fun? 
You can punch right in the stomach. You having as much fun as me? (laughs) I'm having a good time here. Yeah. Everyone else is covered in shit. Yeah. And they're dying of heat exhaustion. (laughs) Y'all having a good time? Yeah. Yeah. People haven't eaten in days. Yeah, I just, I just, I didn't. He's chewing on a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, they had it was. A, ooh, I love this dry sandwich I'm having. <laughs> oh, they lived like kings behind the scenes. Oh yeah, behind the uh, scenes, it was like a club. It was like Club Med back there. You know, they had plenty of merch. They had Red Bull. They had uh, water. They had food. air conditioning. Air conditioning. Yeah. They were fine back there. It was like Dennis Hopper in Land of the Dead. If anyone saw that, wow, deep reference. I I will watch that tonight though. Google it. But yeah, that was a dichotomy of that situation. Uh, the plebes like me were treated like shit, and the talent, if you in quotation mark, they were living the lavish lifestyle. There. Yeah. yeah, Mark went, he saw, and he got the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> yeah. Final right. thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, I'm glad I survived, and um, yeah, it was what it was. It was an experience. Shout yeah. out to all the people I went with, uh, Trevor and... Uh, Shout out to Brian. And Brian. Brain damage Brian. Hope if he survived, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We'll do an obit search. No. <laughs> rest in peace, sir, if you did pass away. And rest in peace to the attendees that died. Yeah. And then obviously all the other horrific shit that went down there. Yeah. Let us learn from it. Of course. And never let that happen again. Never. I'm sure it will. Well, we can all hope. Yes, we shall. And we didn't mention that lady from the Netflix stock that was trying to save the artwork to no avail. Poor lady. I couldn't stop laughing, though. She's driving around. She's working for the concert, and uh, she's driving around in a go-kart being like, put that down. That's a piece of art. And people are just ripping like art installations off and fucking setting. She it was on trying fire. to uh, hold on to. The- she was trying to maintain order as an old woman by herself. And yeah. that ain't happening when Kid Rock's in charge. Yeah. <laughs> and it's for code. Yeah. <laughs> My name is so- Kid. <laughs> it's some old lady. Yeah. Begging people to put things down and not set them on fire. She didn't stand a chance. It's like uh, raking um, sand against the tide. Yeah. It's like telling the Limp Biscuit crowd, hey, calm down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like John Goodman and Steve Buscemi and the Big Lebowski. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. You're out of your element. I think that's a good place to end it here. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, check us out on uh, Death and Entertainment on Instagram and uh, YouTube as well. Yes. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell. Get some notifications. Please, please, please. Uh, send us an email. A lot of people have been um, asking for specific episodes, and we've been delivering on those. So give us ideas at uh, deathandentertainment at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts. Uh, give us five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. And as always, uh, email any hate mail to kyleploof at uh, hotmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. So that's that, guys. We love you. And Thank until you. next time. Don't go dying on us. That's right. Goodbye. Woodstock 1999. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.